Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of the 3rd and 20 Dynasty Podcast, Season 2, Episode 51, which means we're just about wrapping up the second season of 3rd and 20 Dynasty Pod. Um, no Lunas with us. I mean, the seasons don't really matter other than they correlate with the actual NFL seasons, but... Where... You know what that means. What does that mean? It's almost NFL time, baby. Exactly. We're getting close. We actually have some relatively juicy news for this week for I know. once i feel like in in a while which is nice we were struggling through the the through the early summer um i'll just kick it right off then though starting with chris carson retiring neck injury uh it was kind of rumored for a little bit that he might have been done uh but officially he's retiring chris carson no longer going to be the running back for the Seattle Seahawks. Um, now, what does that mean? Is Rashad Penny the clear-cut starter? Does Kenneth Walker have an ascension early? I don't know. Personally, I think Rashad Penny's pretty good. I think Kenneth Walker's solid. I think he might be a little bait for what his price is. But I think this is just a Seattle team that's just going to have to run the ball a lot anyway. So uh, both could be nice. Yeah, I, I think it's just no surprise that he's retiring. I mean, I'm going to pull up on the screen now. Dude, look at this neck plate he has. Like, are we really shocked that he's not playing with this freaking plate in his neck? Oh, my God. God. Yeah. I know. That was a thing. Hey, chat. Yeah, I saw. Yeah, what's going on, Joe? What's going on, Lappy? Um, I feel like it, the writing was on the wall for a while here. It was a little bit of a pipe dream that he would come back, but. That that's probably one of the major reasons why they ended up picking up Kenneth Walker in the draft. Um, yeah, R.I.P. Chris Carson was a good player. One of those dudes had a great story. Um, in Not terms, that, he was undrafted, right? Yeah, uh, he was a seventh, oh, no, was a seventh round pick, seventh round. He was seventh round. Yes, I believe he was. But it was the same. It was the same draft that they drafted Penny, right? Uh, yeah. Which is a shame. I mean, the dude beat the odds. He was a great football player. Um, when he was healthy, he guy was super productive. But yeah, he's dynasty done for, droppable easily. Yeah, yeah. Sad to see him go. I won some some leagues with him back in like 2017. I think it was whenever he had that really good year. But you know, in terms of moving forward, I think they're going to start the season splitting the carries between Penny and Kenneth Walker. The, the problem I have with this is that I just don't see Penny staying healthy for more than six weeks. The man's never stayed healthy for more than six weeks, and I just don't see it happening. And when that happens, I, I mean, Kenneth Walker is the only guy in that backfield that's really a threat to even deserve carries, basically. What are you going to give carries to DJ Dallas at this point? Like, I just don't know who else in that backfield would challenge him for carries if Penny were to go down. Yeah, the the thing is though is that what if he doesn't? What if he? What if Rashad Penny doesn't get hurt and we see the running back that he was at the end of last year? He came out and personally said, "Okay, I finally feel comfortable in the NFL. I finally feel like the coaching staff knows how to use me." Um, that they actually believe in me. I've traded for Penny in a couple leagues. I think that Penny is 
still a good value even with the addition of um of Kenneth Walker. So it you know, Chris Carson leaving, I don't really think impacts much. Um, I think even if he was around, there was I guess I just didn't expect him to be around, not even if he was around. But I still think that Penny's the running back to own in this backfield. And personally, I think it's one of the the few backfields in the NFL where there's serious arbitrage value between the person who's projected to play and the guy that I think is actually going to produce. So I'm all aboard the Penny train right now. Um, I just think they're both, like, fairly priced, to be honest. I'm just not... Like, like Kenneth Walker being priced as running back 16, it, it's not bad. It just still feels kind of high to me. You know, like, he's still in that, that realm of Alvin Kamara, Aaron Jones. I get that he's younger, but, like, those guys are just... They're locks out, produce him. And then more exciting young backs, too, like J.K. Dobbins and Cam Akers are who's, like, right in front of him. Um, and then in turn... Did you lose JT as well? I did. He's gone. All right. Well, I don't know what he was going to say, but I, I I like Rashad Penny a lot. I, I think he's a good player. Obviously, there's definitely some risk. <laughs> oh, hold on. Let me get you back in here. You're not in the pot right now. <laughs> all right you're you're back on right. that was some user error from jt go, apparently what were you gonna say in go, terms of go, what going for dramatic exit on that one i don't even know i was talking about rashad penny it's just like i think i think where rashad penny is like it doesn't feel good giving up like if i like a 2023 second does not feel good giving that up for rashad penny but if I'm a contender and I think it's going to be late, that's one thing. If I could push it back to 2024, that's another thing because I think it then at least seconds are easier to come by. Um, it, it it's not it wouldn't be my go-to move, I would say. But if I saw that hit my my you know sleeper notification or whatever app you use, and it's like, oh, Rashad Penny got traded for a second, I'd be like, all right, like that's fair, that's fine. I yeah, personally, I've I have not given up a 23 second. I have given up 24 seconds for Penny. Also picked him up after the 12th round, primarily in the 13th and 14th round of startups. Uh, I think his startup value is pretty good. It's definitely a little risky, but I, I think given the upside, it's worth it. But um, yeah, I, I pro if you're a contender, a team that you're very confident in your ability to to be a good team by 2024, I would give up the second. Especially because, like you said, I, I think that 24 seconds are not terribly hard to come by. If you want to recoup them, it's not the most difficult thing in the world. And even I think for like a good year and a half, you can get them towards throwing price when trading for uh, with a contender, especially if you have one of those young receivers where it's like, take someone like Hollywood Brown, potentially. Um, if you're not trying to trade him for a 23 first, you might be able to pull off a move where it's like, a 24 first and a 24 second for third swap, if that makes any sense, right? You give up the third, get a second and a first for Hollywood in that third. Um, I think that's a move that that you could definitely do if you wanted to recoup seconds, but it, it's an interesting backfield. I think the obvious downside is that what is this Seattle offense going to be? Is it even worth rostering one of these running backs in this backfield because they might be so darn not productive? 
This yeah, offense I mean, is going to be atrocious. Let's just let's just say what it is. If you're going to have Drew Locke and Geno Smith, man, and your quarterback all year, this offense is going to be atrocious. They're going to be losing a lot of games, and and I don't like at that point. Are they going to throw the ball? Are they just going to give in and run the ball? Like I don't know how this offense is going to play out. Um, but it's just the Seattle team could go zero and seventeen. Let's be real. They're, 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 <laughs> I think they're, that's a little harsh. Yeah. That's they are harsh, so bad. Bro. They have their a bad is defense. Talented. Their offense has DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett and two and aging running backs and Noah Fant. The O line is yeah, awful. Getting, the O line is awful, and the defense is bad. What this team is going nowhere, and they everyone some knows. Good it. Linebackers. They lost the best like one. one. They lost Bobby Wagner. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. they, they have a good linebacker. Like. <laughs> Um. All right, let's Regardless, move on to the next one. Is... All right. Yeah, I I agree though for the certain times. That's one of the main reasons why I'm fading Kenneth Walker. But like, I think it is a little bit priced in with with Rashad Penny, John Mechie, cancer. I actually didn't read the news report. I I've kind of been off the social media, so you guys are gonna have to explain this one a little bit. Too. Yeah, he got diagnosed with acute from putting me on the spot here apl <laughs> leukemia yeah, apparently yeah. it's the most curable form of leukemia he said he should make a, a good comeback and everything but right now he's uh obviously focusing on that and not football so is he glorified out for the year he said in his statement that he came out with through the texans saying i will likely be out for the year i'm dealing with my health um that's about it. Um, he said, he's, like JT said, it's the most curable form of leukemia. We All you can do is wish for a speedy recovery for the guy. I, I wish he was on the field. I took him in a couple rookie drafts this year. But, you know, guys got to get healthy first. Yeah. And with with the Texans, it's already such a bleak offense to begin with. We're going to break down the AFC um, South. That's later on in the episode. Um but this is already such a bleak offense and no John Mechie. It's just, I mean, fancy football. I'm avoiding this team essentially entirely other than maybe Brandon Cooks. But like in Dynasty, there's no real actionable advice for John Mechie other than, you know, you, you probably have him stashed anyway if you had taxis. Otherwise, it's now easier to stash him. So. Well, someone yeah, like I, Nico Collins might be able to benefit from something like this. I, yeah, I mean, I mean, I think Nico Collins now just is the clear number two guy in this offense. I mean, we'll get into it a little later when we go through the AFC South, but this team's receivers were looking pretty bad. That's a big reason why they took Mechie in the second round of the draft. And now I think Nico Collins really has no competition behind him to be that number two guy behind Brandon Cooks. Yeah, not that they would be playing the same role, but in terms of target, target share, share. Yeah. yeah. Like this this might, like let's say Nico Collins was a shoe-in for let's say like 11 to 13% of the targets to begin with. This could be a situation where maybe he gets that 15 to 20% target share that you're really hoping for. And especially if he produces early, um, whether you want to keep him on to hold on to potential or I, I think sell him potentially for something like a 23 second um, 
or, or, or some sort of player swap where you can kind of start putting your eggs in a better prospect. That that could be something that happens. But Yeah, I mean, he did have an 11% target share last year. It should have only really gone up going into his sophomore season, like especially with the lack of depth. I'm not expecting much, but like, you know, if he could break into a 15% target share, that's actually like a a usable fantasy player. But yeah, that's a usable you know wide receiver three flex play pretty much. So I I just don't know how how realistic that will be. Yeah, it's definitely a speculation buy, but it's not like the Nico Collins price tag is all that hefty. Now, I don't think I'm going out there and paying for Nico Collins right now. At the same time, though. No, I'm also not. I mean, I like Nico Collins, but like you would have thought he was a senior coming out like into a team which had a completely depleted depth chart. Like it was just Brandon Cooks and then everyone else was like has-beens on teams like Philip Dorsett and Chris Conley. Um, you would have thought you would have seen more from Nico Collins and he just didn't really show a whole lot. Um, didn't he get hurt? Didn't he miss time last year? He played he in 14, 14 games. Mechie's body will deteriorate while undergoing chemo, so we have to deal with that as well. Yeah, that, that is a good point. So I it's think like, that's that's part of him being out the whole... I, I mean, I'm yeah, not like mean, I'm an expert on cancer and how long it yeah, takes I have to no fight, idea. But I would assume, you know, treatment would only last a couple months, but then your body rehabbing and everything is probably going to be the larger... I, I guess the real question I would have, as someone that, like Jake... I think I I know I took Mechie in at least one league, maybe two. Um, I, I I liked him as a prospect. I have him in a couple at least. Is he the type of player right now where you're just like, fuck it, I'll mass offer him for a twenty three second? I mean, I don't think you'll get any yeah. really. But it's it's one of those things where. You feel bad for the guy and you want him to get back, but like I don't think anyone's going to go out here unless they're absolutely in love with John Mechie and give you a second for him. I know that's where you're, you you probably took him in, in your rookie drafts this year, but like again, next year's a very good rookie class. Everyone's hyping up these 2023 20, picks. I, I just have a hard time anyone's going to give you more than a third next year for, for John Mechie at, at this very moment just with the, the risk of you know obviously dealing with cancer treatment. Yeah, yeah you're I'm, not I'm just thinking right now from looking at at the keep trade cut dra- uh, graphs, excuse me, that it's not like obviously there's going to be a steep decline in price. But to me, the real way that you're going to lose value on someone like Mechie is throughout the season, we see a lot of the other rookie players starting to play well. Maybe he'll get some hype next year around training camp, but I actually do think there could be a potential sell window for a 23 or 24 second right now if you really wanted to get out. I don't, I don't think that that's something out of the out of the realm of possibility. I think the more likely scenario is you just throw him on your taxi if you were going to not put him on your taxi potentially just because he was in such a you know, thin receiver and Corey, you hope he would get some targets. So maybe you weren't planning on it. Now you just throw him on the taxi and hope for the best. Yeah, I think Nico improved. Oh, sorry, I was reading chat. Nico improved over the year last season. Good reports of camp on him. I listen, I like Nico. I actually have him in a good amount of my taxi squads. 
Um, the thing is, I just feel like when push comes to shove, if there's a window to sell him for a second round pick, I'm going to sell him. I don't yeah. know if you if you have him as well, Joe, but that that's my outlook on him right now. If, if Unless maybe he's a world a beater. Like if if he's out, there, if he comes out to start the season, is like destroying people. Maybe I'll reconsider. But as if, of right if, now, that's the general plan. If people are buying for a second, I'm selling. Um. All right, I'm just going to move us along, though, to finally happen, Frank. I mean, this is going to be a bigger topic on tomorrow's episode of the Dynasty Stock Cha-ching. Market. But our guy, Julio Jones. Frank, you're going to come out so net even, it's hilarious. Yeah, but I'm just still going to victory he's, lap the fuck out of it. I don't yeah, care. Okay, look, yeah, I mean, Moose <laughs> is lucky he's not here. He's running from the grind. He's afraid because Frank and I cashing in on Julio Jones, signing with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Well, I... That was better than my wildest dreams. I thought he was going to, like, the Colts. I thought he was going to the Ravens. But, oh, no, Julio Jones, we're going to pair you with Tom Brady. Like, all right, fair enough. Um, now, look, we're going to talk about the PUP, who's on it, who's not on it, and everything. But, like, this is a team that had Mike Evans, Chris Godwins, and Chris Godwin and Antonio Brown last year. They obviously they lost. Yeah. They were all productive. They obviously lost Antonio Brown. Chris Godwin is going to be coming back from an ACL injury. And I mean, that essentially means Mike Evans is the only 100% healthy guy right off rip. So bringing in the likes of Julio Jones, I'm all in. I'm all in. I think this is great for the, the Bucks. You want him, JT? I tried trading for him before. I don't know what you give. <laughs> Okay, I guess the real question first off is, what is the realistic fair price tag for Julio Jones right now? Is it an early third? I mean, probably, but I think, again, you're going to have a hard time because the guy who has Julio Jones, if he, if you have Julio Jones and you're not a contender at like or were a contender when you had him, I, I don't know what you're doing. You should have sold You're looking for the second. 100% you're looking for the second. I mean, yeah, but like at the same time, if... A guy like me in our home league where I have Julio Jones. I've had him for a long time. I'm still a contender. I don't know if I'm really selling him. Because, like, the hypothetical chance of he stays healthy playing with Tom Brady is just something that my team really didn't have and I didn't foresee coming. That that opportunity to be a solid play every week is something that Julio Jones hasn't been the past two years. So, like, if you can get that as a contender for a third-round pick – I, I like to buy on that one. Well, Joe Herbert's got a good point because someone like uh, he said, Julio hurts gauge, but helps Brady. I mean, Russell gauge is someone that we saw climbed to about a second round pick price. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That Are was we not thinking that, that Julio Jones just kind of usurps gauge in that role? Sure. I mean, just the issue is I, I just thought Russell gauge was, Gross. Is Russell Gage dead? Time. I don't think he's dead, but is he dead? Ru- Russell he's... Gage just loves to get buried on the depth chart by Julio Jones. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Russell Gage can't escape this guy. I mean, yeah, to me, Russell Gage was always kind of fool's gold in the first place. Like, I was just never in on Russell Gage. The thing that intrigues me the most, though, is that this just could be a team that doesn't throw to the tight end a whole lot. So. I mean, I don't think they will. You I mean, know, their if tight end options about, are... Yeah, if we're talking about an offense that, let's just say, is top 10 in passing rate, which I don't think is anything outside of 
the realm of possibility. This could be a team that easily supports three receivers. Godwin is showing up for camp, but like, is he going to be fully healthy? Is he going to be taking a a lot of snaps early season if he's playing? Russell Gage is someone that we've seen used at LSU. And I I hate to frame it as this, but this is the way that everyone's framing it. The Debo Samuel role. But as that guy that you kind of use him in that, okay, yards after catch, we're going to hand it to him on sweeps and shit. Um, and I, I mean, that could add a dynamic element to the Bucks' offense. Like, I just think that this might be a team that you look at the depth chart and you see them spread the football out and, and shy away from a lot of the two tight end sets that they were using last year. Yeah, like Joe Herbert said, I see a lot of 10 personnel in Tampa Bay. Um, agreed. Essentially saying the same thing as me. They're going to spread the football out. They're going to they're going to stretch defenses and and see. Like, listen, we're going to ask you with our guys. We got Mike Evans. We got Julio. We got Russell Gage. We have a good running back and a good offensive line. Match us up one on one with the best quarterback in the league. Just pulling up the Bucks twenty twenty one stats right now because I want they I know for a fact that they passed the most in the league last year, and yeah, pull, pulling it up here right. I mean, the receiving targets. Chris Godwin had ninety eight, and that was with the torn ACL. Um, oh, sorry, one hundred twenty seven, ninety eight receptions. So Chris Godwin had one hundred twenty seven. Mike Evans had one hundred fourteen. Antonio Brown had sixty two. And then after that, it's Gronk with 89, like Tyler Johnson with 55. Like, I mean, I'm sorry, but like, if it's even if you okay, like, like the the Gronk and Tyler Johnson targets, the Antonio Brown's targets, those are all up for grabs, right? Like, like they're they're vacated targets. I think that's kind of a fallacy to use vacated targets, but for this instance, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna throw them out there. I just think split between the likes of Julio and the rest of, of the Bucks. I think Julio Jones is the only one that I really would feel comfortable starting. Like I'm just not not that intrigued by of Russell Gage and his, you know, maybe three, four targets a game. Well, Russell Gage, um, I'm looking at player profiler here. Um 2021. Okay, where where the hell is the number? I just saw it. Um, apparently had an 18 point. Uh, that's a red zone target share. 110 targets last year. Oh, is that right? I can't find Russell it. Gage. No, I'm looking at 94 targets for Russell Gage last year. 94. Um, uh, but in 14 games. All right, so let's do some math real quick. Let me pull out the calculator. 94 divided uh, big by math 14. guy. Frank's a big math guy. Breaking down stats. So adva- this must be from the year before or something because it's, it's showing 6.9 targets per game. I mean, if that sticks, plus the the relative health concerns around Godwin and Julio, let's not act like, you know, if we're going to talk about injuries with Rashad Penny, you can't mention it with Julio. I mean, the guy hasn't been able to stay on the field. Like, I'm going to lean that Russell Gage isn't dead. He's just not as much of a slam as before. I mean, realistically, what's the price on Russell? Like, because you were saying he was going for a second at this point. Yeah, I, I think, think you can get, you'll get him for a third. 
I think you can get him for a third for the the right third. Or the maybe like a two for three swap might make sense, something like that. Maybe. Yeah, there's just no shot I'm doing that for Russell Gage. Uh, like yeah, I, I'm, I just, I'm never trade. I'm with JC. I'm just not trading for Russell Gage. There, I've, I've just, fallen into that. Yeah, there's so many more like already established veterans that I know are going to give me points, and then there's also like more intriguing young guys that I might take a flyer on to then Russell Gage. He's already been the year. Like I'm just, I'm not betting on a fifth year breakout from Russell Gage. That's fair. Um. All right, moving us along. PUP. We finally got the the PUP list. Um, I guess that means they can be cleared at any time. That's what the doc is telling yeah, me. Yeah, so no. I was doing a little bit of research with the preseason PUP. It's it's different from the regular season PUP. I'm pretty sure once like you can kind of just start practicing or playing in a preseason game at any time and be cleared. Whereas the regular season PUP, if you're on the regular season PUP, you have to miss the first six weeks. Mm -hmm. Um, so I guess like we're going to go through the list of the most, there are a couple like fantasy players, technically speaking, that are on the PUP PUP list that we didn't include, but they're so niche. It's not even really even worth mentioning, but I guess we'll go through, um, the list that we have here and kind of gauge if it matters or not. So we can start off with the kind of the big one on the PUP list that everyone expected, Gus Edwards and J.K. Dobbins. Not really a surprise, but does this actually matter? Is this changing your outlook, yes or no? No. I mean, I think we kind of expected both of these guys to at least start camp on the PUP, just coming off that ACL for both of them. Um, The interesting question is, do they stay on it come – the regular season for these guys. I mean, I don't think it really changes Dobbins value at all, regardless, but Gus Edwards, if, you know, he was able to start, you know, the regular season healthy and getting carries, I think that would up his value a little bit just because that offense is going to run the ball a significant amount. And I do think Gus Edwards is a part of that offense. Obviously Lamar and Dobbins are the big two pieces, but if if healthy, I think Gus Edwards does get, you know, five to seven rushes a game and, and is a part of this offense. Saints still the best wide receiver core in the NFC South. Dude, Mark 504, I'm all about the Saints hype. You don't you don't have to I, convince me to hype up the Saints, dude. Nah. <laughs> look, look um, Michael Thomas, Jarvis Landry, both very good, but I mean Mike Evans, Chris Godwin is better and then you know how I feel about Chris Olave. Dude, Saints are going to gonna shock like, the world this year. I hope you know, Saints are going to be good. Hall I, and Julio. I think the Saints are going to be good also. Oh, interesting. Regular season PUP is four weeks this season instead of six. See, Joe Herbert, that's why we like having you around, bro. Yeah. Thanks, Joe. Joe Herbert's like the encyclopedia of NFL random knowledge. I love it, dude. You're the fucking man. Um so David Bell on the PUP list. This is one that I didn't really see coming. Does this, this is, matter this or is, not? This is the first one that concerned. The other two I kind of expected just because of the nature of the injury. David Bell's got this lingering foot injury that I, I don't like it. I don't, you know, he's missing very important time to be practicing with this, you know, new quarterback and new system and everything. And as a rookie, I don't like him missing time right off the bat. I mean, he's already like a, a very fringe, you know, like he was that fringe 
day two guy. I think he was like the last pick on day two. Pick 99, I think, right? I'm sure, maybe. I don't know. Whatever he was, he was like one of the last picks on day two. And with him missing time already, it does have me kind of concerned. Yeah, I I just didn't really see that. I don't really know how to gauge it personally. Like, I'm not going to discount or... Obviously, I'm not gonna hype hype David Bell anymore. But like, I it, as of right now, I'm not panicking or anything on David Bell. I think that's a little bit premature. Um, all right, KJ Hamler, really no surprise, big injury last year. Why Chris Goodwin? I believe you meant Godwin gets a pass on torn ACL, but Mike gets burned and he's actually running. What? Um, I think I think the. And I kind of agree, right? Like Michael Thomas, I think, has just gotten a little too much hate at this point. Um, but there is it's more concerning with Michael Thomas because he had like that botched surgery and then he had another surgery to correct it. And then it's also the whole back and forth with the Saints and everything and how he feels with ownership and stuff. It's it's more to it than just an injury and that's it. Like you got injured, you got your surgery. There's more factors at play, but I do agree. Michael Thomas has gotten too much hate at this point. Oh, you, I have, I have a very accurate um, representation of how many games Mike Thomas is going, not Mike Thomas, Julio Jones is going to play. Like three. Robert Miller. You want to see how many games Julio Jones is going to play? Oh no! What's he doing? That's how many. You tell me. Oh, okay. Rolling dice. I... Who fucking knows? <laughs> <laughs> this guy could play the whole season, and no one's gonna be surprised. He could play one fucking game. He might not even play, bro. He might not even play. Jones I'm gonna still play. gonna buy into the hype. I am such a Julio stan. I don't give a fuck. I love Julio. I mean, truthfully, it's it's just been the past two years that he's missed like significant time, and then you gotta go all the way back to 2013 to see when he actually missed any other big time. It's, I don't know. I mean, two the two years in a row is not a great stretch, but he's very cheap, I'd say, in dynasty leagues to go out and get. I mean, for the upside, like Michael Thomas, I mean, we're talking about a dude that like had a wide receiver one season, what, a year removed? And he's like in the 50s in terms of wide receiver ranking. Yeah, I was just talking about Julio, but now talking about Michael Thomas. Agree, same thing. Just the, the, it's already discounted that they're Julio and Michael Thomas, like they're, they're injury prone and everything like that's, that's baked into what the price is. And, you know, at that point, I think gambling on and rolling the dice like Frank was showing on those kind of players at the price they're at, like where if they hit, those are like league winning moves, you know, like. Well, I think especially like, okay, so let's say you have the young hyped receiver. Um, I'm trying to think of an example that would be Jalen Waddle. Let's just okay. take Jalen Waddle. You trade him for Michael Thomas and a 23 projected late first. I think that'll come out to fair on keep trade cut. That could be a move as a contender that would work out. I think the Waddle side is uh, 
Wild There's outside would no come out like... pretty. I'm pulling. Uh, maybe Wait, which, which side is wrong? You're not getting enough? Oh, no, it does come back even. Yeah, personally, I, I know which side Jake would have been on. There's, like, honestly, dude, like, I'm all for making moves like that, but that's just one that doesn't make sense. If you have a guy that's 23 and just comes off of the rookie receptions record, I'm not trading him for for slant boy that hasn't played last, that didn't play <laughs> yeah. last year. Yeah, but <laughs> I'm just right. not doing it. Your 23 rookie reception record leader just got a very big, uh, you know, opponent for targets in Tyreek Hill. Like, it's not like, you know, there's a reason why his price isn't through the moon right now, Jalen Wallace, and that's because Tyreek Hill is also there. So. I mean, yeah, listen, if you want to go down the chain, if you can go down the chain for a worse receiver than that and do it, like, by all means, go ahead. That was just the one to me that came off the top of my head that's realistically doable. Um, all right, but let's move on. So we, we kind of touched on KJ Hamler, PUP list, no real surprise. I don't think it changes anyone's value. No. Um, Jameson Williams as well, no surprise. Don't think it changes his value. Then the Packers had a slew of players on the PUP list. Colin Hill, Christian Watson, Robert Tanyan, the most interesting being Watson and Tanyan. Any changes in perception on Watson or Tanyan? I mean, again, I just I don't like the rookies being a – with Jamison Williams, that was expected, right? Like we knew he was going to miss significant time going into the season. Um, Christian Watson, I didn't – expect to be on here i'm not even sure i'm looking it up right now what he has yeah i'm looking it up i think it's a not a huge deal i think he'll be back relatively soon not a huge deal i love that jake i love (laughs) that all right pro football talk even said it's not clear what injury is keeping watson from being clear to take part in practice Uh, wait a minute that's a thing robert miller Robert Miller just said, what about Kyler Murray's contract mandate? Yeah, you didn't see that. Yeah, dude, that was hilarious. Luna sent it to us. Yeah, there's there's been a lot of reports. This is one of the things that I've seen in, like, the Dynasty subreddit before where I was like, I wonder how, like, if that's actually true. And it's kind of coming out to be, like, apparently, um, why write in the Dynasty sub? So this is me. This is all allegations and everything. And now it's a game of telephone. Because I'm saying it. But what I saw in the Dynasty subreddit last year, like a full calendar year ago, was something along the lines of like when COVID was happening and they're having team meetings, like Kyler Murray would just be playing Xbox or PlayStation while on Zoom and stuff. And like, you know, like just didn't really care. And at first I thought, okay, that's absurd. But the Cardinals putting into their contract that he has to study without the TV on, like there's all these stipulations. You know, of what there's, these there's four so hours many studies. stipulations on it. Yeah. And basically what I've heard is that they don't trust him for, for a lick of anything. And the fact that they, they had to do it because otherwise they're just in, they're fucked. Let's be honest. If they don't give him this contract, he's gone. They have to trade him. It's a whole thing. But they don't trust him and – there's going to be lawyers involved because just because you know at some point they're going to try to say oh we don't owe you this money because you were playing on your phone during a team meeting or you were on your phone during your mandated study time so like we're not going to pay you and then there's going to be a big fight between them and the cardinals i honestly think this stipulation alone probably caused some problems in getting the contract signed and it's probably why it took a while 
I wouldn't be surprised if Kyler, after a year, is like, you know what? Fuck you. I'm out of here. I just, I, I just I don't, don't care about that. That's a lot of money Kyler to say. <laughs> That's, That's the thing, dude. When you when you're Kyler Murray, like, I mean, hey, we're running the fucking Cliff Kingsbury offense. If anyone needs some film study, I think it's Cliff Kingsbury. Like, <laughs> yeah. When I did my Kyler Murray analysis, like, let's be real here. I mean, not that I, I don't know. I just think that Kyler Murray over the course of the season last year improved a lot. I don't know. I, I think that that's kind of a bait headline personally, but that, that that's hilarious though. That is absolutely hilarious. I did not see that at all. That's great. It's, it's not great that your franchise quarterback has to have a contract with that, but I mean, it's just, it's going to be a thing all season now, right? Like it's just going to be, See, I think that people might take that. Dude, if you're Kyler Murray, you can play, bro. The guy's been the I, number one I quarterback for so long. The dude can fucking play. Kyler yeah. has that Jamarcus Russell work ethic. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, all right. All right so yeah, going back to Robert Tanyan, no, no impact. Tanyan's, co- Tanyan's coming off the injury. I kind yeah, of expected, we, I expected. started. But Christian Watson, I don't know what exactly. Just copy and paste what I said thinks. about David Bell. Put to Christian Watson, I, like same thing. Uh, again, it, uh, same goes for David Bell here, but like it depends on how quickly they get back. Because just because you're on the PUP list on camp doesn't mean you can't participate in team meetings, you can't participate in in team walkthroughs and all that kind of stuff. So you're still there and an active participant. You just might not be doing some of the harder drills or the contact drills or whatever the deal is. So I'm not too worried as long as they get back pretty quickly. I mean, yeah, I'm not I guess jumping the ship. I'm worried about Watson more than Bell is that I just feel like the Packers receiver room is a little bit more competitive right now than the Browns. Yeah. Like to me, dude, the, the Browns Packers don't have, have the Packers number one receiver is like 31 year old Randall Cobb. Yeah. yeah, but they got like nine guys that like you could see like, oh yeah, that guy could play. Oh yeah, that guy could play. Like you go Ooh, down. Lazard? Got the... It's yeah, Cobb, Lazard, Lazard, Cobb, freaking Dobbs, Watson, the other dude they drafted in the seventh round, freaking tight ends. <laughs> yeah, but all right. But running back. The Browns have Amari Cooper. Yeah, who's better they, they, than all? The like, Packers Mark have no Cooper, one even close. Donovan Peoples-Jones, Anthony Schwartz. I feel like I'm forgetting someone. But yeah, but the thing is, is that like, okay, Donovan Peoples-Jones, Anthony Schwartz. Like, I don't think that's it personally. I if David Bell's a good player, I don't think those dudes are impacting him. Oh, I think it's same, David Bell but... that is the difference between those guys being successful and getting a lot of work versus David Bell busting. Like. If David Bell isn't good, it's because David Bell isn't good. But see, I feel like same thing about Christian Watson. Like those guys aren't; they shouldn't be yeah. keeping Christian Watson off the field if he's good. And you know, aging like, Randall Cobb and Alan Lazard are not holding Christian Watson off the field dude, if he's what you took him at the thirty-fourth pick to do. When I pick up Randall Cobb in ninety, I like of my Randall Cobb. I for no. nothing. I and said I, Randall Cobb. I, I don't like the Randall. Don't, don't, I don't like the pull Randall this tone on me. Don't pull and this tone on me. I, 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 like I like Randall. All my championships, it's going to be sick. It's going to be. A we all like the Randall movie. Cobb move. It's the not only one here is Randall Lunas Cobb. That like Randall Cobb. Yeah, you're talking. <laughs> you're talking to Lunas, not us. 
We're, um, we're all right. Kyron Williams on the PUP list. Uh, it does expect uh, just add that foot. to the list of bad things for Kyron Williams this offseason. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, you knew that was coming. He had the broken foot. Like it was just. Yeah. Um, Michael Scarn, aka Michael Strand, Strachan on the Colts. He's on the PUP list. Yeah, not great. Already. Yeah, you know. it's not good. He he's done. You know that the was... thing that the thing that is annoying is that um Ashton Doolin towards the end of last season and for I think a good amount of last season. I don't watch a lot I didn't watch a lot of Colts games, so cut me a little bit of slack here, give me a little bit of rope. <laughs> Seemed like he was getting the targets from that like what, fourth or fifth Colts wide receiver role. And um yeah, that I guess that's what's a little annoying is that if he comes off to an injury and what could potentially be a big off season for him and a Colts wide receiver room, you talk about an open wide receiver room. I mean you tell me who the second wide receiver on that damn team is. Like, who Honestly, knows? I'm, I'm, I feel it like goes to Jack Doyle. <laughs> I'm honestly surprised it's not Julio Jones. Like, I'm surprised Julio Jones. Didn't I'm go, shocked. It must have been. I'm Will shocked. Dude, Joe Herbert saying the Packers need Will Fuller. I could easily see that on the Colts if Paris yeah. Campbell Colts. picks up an injury. Yeah, I just. There must be bad blood between Julio and Matt Ryan, honestly, for for him not to go back to the Colts, like not to reunite on the Colts. Um, yeah, James I, White. I guess that's a little bit annoying, especially with the amount expected, though. I, yeah, I yeah, guess it's not terribly unexpected. I mean, I think this is a big one, though. Michael Thomas. Speaking of Michael Thomas, you just if you had Michael Thomas, you just want to see him back. You want to see the proof in the pudding that this dude is playing on the Saints, right? Or playing for fucking anyone for that matter. Yeah. Um, again, though, not that unexpected. He, like, the surgery, the, the yeah, second surgery wasn't that long ago. It's The thing is, even though it's not unexpected, it still doesn't sit well with me. It's like Frank said, this guy's missed a year. You just want to see him on the field. Yeah, Michael Thomas though he's a gamer, right? Like when he's on the field, he's gonna be good. It's just yeah, let's not rush yeah, him back. Michael Thomas two years ago was a gamer. What is he now? Who knows? Um, Daniel Bellinger and Sterling Shepard. I mean, I guess if we're gonna go with JT's copy and paste, another rookie missing time, especially in, in an offense. Yeah, but he has no time. He, Daniel Bellinger is literally what's he's competing with rookie uh, Ricky Seals Jones. Well, they, they're, they're, I think they're working out Eric Ebron as well, which could be a huge I, blow if they sign him. Yeah, they Ballinger are. I don't, know. I don't care about. He's just not going to be good in, in real life. Like, he's just, he's not. I mean, Sterling Shepard, this guy lives on. on yeah, that was expected. Yeah, yeah uh, he's a guy that if he can't stay healthy, this is going to be his final year with the Giants. So, um, CJ Uzama uh, also on the PUP list. I actually I thought that D- that Jeremy Ruckert was on the PUP list. I got a, a report that he was, but apparently he's not. Um, I'm not sure whether or not he he is or not. But again, CJ Uzama is just this guy that like, if Garrett Wilson's good, I just think at best he's like the fourth option on this team, which kind of puts him back into the realm of what he was okay, on the Bengals. So Jeremy Rucker is on the NFI list. Um, okay. So the difference between the PUP and the NFI list, because there was another player who was on the NFI list, is 
it's an injury like outside of football activities, something along the lines of that. Um, it's probably just a bunch of NFL jargon for you get an extra roster space for not having to put him on the PUP list. Maybe some contractual bullcrap where you, you don't have to pay him. Um, <laughs> so Uzama and Rucker both on injury list. Potentially big news for that dude from the Vikings. What's his name? Um, um, Conklin. Tyler, Tyler Conklin. Conklin. Because that's a dude, if you look at his stats, he had a lot more targets and receptions than you would think. Um, I saw that early in OTAs or something that he was impressing or a beat reporter was hyping him up, one of the two. Um, mm -hmm. So a dude that potentially you could pick up for free, I'm still not sure if he's worth a roster spot. Nah. But I think it's something to monitor as we go into the offseason as a guy that you could pick up for free that could be productive. Elijah Moore... Garrett Wilson, Corey Davis, they're all better wide receivers. Like, they're all better in the receiving game than any of the Uzoma, Rucker. I mean, no one's arguing um, that. So, that's... but then you're automatically the fourth option on this team. And it's just like, if I'm better, like picking between three of these guys to be the fourth option on the team on a Jets offense that we're not entirely sure is even good yet, like, I, I, I've grown to like Zach Wilson a lot more recently. I wonder why. But, um, it's just at, at this point, uh, I don't think the tight end is going to be, if the tight end is good on this team, that means one of the wide receivers is not, which means something went wrong. Like either an injury or just complete burnout from Garrett Wilson or Corey Davis. Cause Elijah Moore to me, I think is just very good. NFI own. list includes injuries that carry over from college. Strange, but true. So, I mean, I guess, why is someone like Kyron Williams' injury not in the NFI list then? Is that just because that of potential roster crap? I believe it happened in OTAs. It counts as... But, all right, Jamison Williams. Why is Jamison Williams... Uh... Yeah, that, I don't know. I, it's probably there just There might contractual. be things behind the scenes that we don't understand, like potential contract stuff or... Or something like that, but yeah, Joe Herbert. If you give at least me more insight on that, I'd, I'd love to hear it in the chat. That is very interesting to me. Um, Logan Thomas, once again, injury from last year. You just hate to see it. You'd think that because he got early injured early last year, you'd, you'd hope to see him not on the PUP list. And then Clyde Edwards Elair, that was kind of a surprise one. Um, it was late too. Right. Well, the thing is interesting. I saw as well that there was a mock. Um, Chiefs 53-man roster without Ronald Jones on it, and now CEH isn't on the is on the PUP list. It's like, I guess, twofold question: Does this mean anything for for CEH? And at the same time, we saw the Chiefs bring in a bunch of undrafted free agents at the running back position. Is there any possibility, because we saw a guy like Derek Gore getting some workload last year, that potentially one of these Jerrion Ely's, that Isaiah Pacheco, whatever, do they do you guys have a shot? Are they worth rostering slash trying to trade nothing for right now? Maybe, because... Find nothing, like... Listen, a fourth, whoever... A third. Who, a late third. Whoever a third. Has, a third I for fourth swap. 
Nah. I, Isaiah Pacheco, I think like a third or fourth swap you could definitely get. You could you could do it. I just I I it's a risk. I mean, third. listen, I, I'm not doing it in any of my leagues, I, but that's why I'm asking you guys. Is it worth I'm not even sure he's better than Jerry on Healy. I mean, uh, I would I would I might trade a fourth if I was high on a specific one, one of those guys, but I do think that one of these unknown backs or later round undrafted free agent backs has a chance we've seen it with the chiefs whoever is the starting running back on the chiefs whether that's been going even back to kareem hunt being super successful having ceh be successful when healthy and you got guys like uh damian williams daryl williams even jarek mckinnon whoever is the starting running back for this team puts up fantasy points so if if ceh is gonna miss time I mean, he's gotten hurt. He got hurt last year. He missed time last year. He's now on the PUP. It's a little concerning. And I think this this Chiefs team doesn't care who's running the ball. And whoever it is is going to put up fantasy points. We've just seen it in the past. And I think it's going to continue as long as Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid are there. So I might take a swing on one of these guys. I pulled up the Chiefs depth chart. As of right now, they have like seven guys on their running back depth chart. Clyde Edwards-Elair, Ronald Jones, Jared McKinnon, Derek Gore, Isaiah Pacheco, Teon Fleet-Davis, Jerrion Ely. One, I mean, outside of CEH Ronald Jones, the next five are essentially free. Yeah, and I don't really want any of them i i just think this is ceh's team still like i think it's going to be a ceh led backfield it's definitely a ceh's backfield to lose and yeah, but how about just think... roster spot if you could pick up a Tayon fleet davis a jerry on ely i think isaiah ely... pacheco is on a lot of rosters already is yeah, it ely... worth giving the roster spot for him? ely for free yeah i would do but outside of that i'd say no because Pacheco, I think, is is actually like in in like he's drafted and everything and at like a decent rate and the price that he's at, I just I don't like it. So I don't know. I just I don't think any of these guys are really. Yeah, pan out, I, though. I also McKinnon. Agree with any McKinnon shouts? No. Yeah, I'll take McKinnon for free if you're going to give it to me. I'm with Herbert uh, on this one. He had a solid playoffs. Let's be real. I mean, how many teams in the NFL have seven running backs on their roster right now? I mean, probably the Patriots. Okay, outside of the Patriots. <laughs> oh, is the is that anything of note? Like, is that is that telling something? No. no. I mean, I think it's just guys that they're willing to give a chance and maybe be a special teams guy. I don't think it means much. Yeah, I, I'm not in on any of these guys. I guess that's fair. I, I listen. I'm not rostering like any of them either, but I just wanted to pose the question. All right. Um. So that's it for the PUP list. Players that are not on the PUP list that are interesting. We have two: James Robinson, Chris Godwin, not on the PUP list. Those are big. Those are big to me, especially the James Robinson news. I mean, people were worried about him missing time. I was worried about him missing time. Um. Obviously, people are hyping up Travis Etienne coming back off the list, Frank. But this James Robinson news, if he's healthy to start the season, which it looks like he will, 
I think he's a real threat to be more of a timeshare than people think. I think people are going to just automatically assume this is ETN's backfield, and it's just really not. I think James Robinson has earned it. I know it's a different coaching staff than who drafted him. I think he's two coaching staffs removed now, actually, from who drafted him. But still, he's a guy that's earned NFL touches, and the other guy, Travis Etienne, hasn't had a single regular season or preseason snap. So with that being said, I like James Robinson. If you could pick him up for for cheap right now, I I would go out and do so. So I picked up James Robinson in, I believe, the 15th round of a startup. Um, Is his price up from that right now? Yeah, I mean, I would assume so. I just think Robinson has Achilles. I am out, says Joe Herbert. Um, Considering ETN has a list, Frank, I I, no, it doesn't. That the the Achilles is better to come back from. Next question. So, are uh, how about this? Not even on the James Robinson side. Are you now a little bit more concerned for ETN, or does that does this not matter at all? I just thought ETN's been overpriced due to it's he he was all right i'm gonna go on my whole etn rant stand with me for like 30 seconds right etn stayed another year in college because he wasn't as good as swift taylor dobbins acres ch so he stayed another year then he stayed that year got drafted in the first round which was good for him but then got injured and somehow he's still priced as a top 10 running back on keep trade cut and it just I'm struggling to make sense of it because it's like he wasn't as good as the people that he stayed behind. Also suffered a big injury, yet he's ranked like above Cam Akers, who (laughs) went a year earlier than him, like had an injury as well. It just it doesn't make sense to me. And he's very overrated, I feel like, at this point. We're going to talk about him, too, um, in a little bit. But and not to mention... James Robinson's no slouch. Like, he's going to be worked into this offense as well. Like, it's not just Travis Etienne's back. All right, now, what? on to Godwin. Um, I mean, I, I personally think that Godwin's price has to be a little bit higher. I actually kind of feel like a little bit of a schmuck for discounting him a little bit because of the injury, especially if he's able to come back. Let's not even count week one. If he comes back week four, Right, which as of right now might seem seem a little bit late. Honestly. Yeah, like late, right? Like the, yeah, that's like... the word. Like, I mean, this dude was ha- has been a top fifteen receiver. He's reaching the prime ages of receiver. He's still with Tom Brady. Yeah, I'm just I'm doubtful on this whole because I mean, I get that they're running backs, but like. J.K. Dobbins and Gus Edwards tore their ACLs like five months before Chris Godwin tore his ACL, and they're coming on PUP. I'm just, I'm doubtful that he's actually 100%. I get it's different positions, but like, I don't know. Cortland Sutton is just the guy that I'd point to of a wide receiver who had torn ACL that it took a little while to come back from. Like, I'm just not buying in yet that he's actually you know, 100% could go ready. We'll, we'll even be ready for week three or week four and producing at his normal Chris Godwin output. Um, and he's still priced at wide receiver 20, which is not, not you know, he, he's he's ahead of Deontay Johnson or, you know, he's right behind Deontay Johnson. He's with Terry McLaurin. 
Um, I'd rather have. I probably would Spain. just rather have Terry McLaurin, but it's definitely close. Um, and he's in that whole tier, right? Because we've talked about that tier of receivers before, from probably wide receiver twenty all the way down to wide receiver thirty-three, which is similar to the running back tier from like RB eleven to RB nineteen, where they're all very close. It's definitely uh, manager dependent who who everyone would rather have. ETM returned to school to work on receiving. I don't know, dude. I, 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 I that's I, definitely I, been I, said, but like, he was ETN, already. A I like ETN back. still. Was, I don't know. I don't. I'm pulling I don't, up. I just. No, I, I saw that. I, I think it was either Dabo, him, someone did say that he did come back to to Clemson to work on his receiving. Game. I mean, I did he had that. he had thirty seven receptions in. 2019 and then 48 in 2020 it's not like he had compared to 12 in 2018 Uh, like like, you know it's the receiving game that's just all mumbo jumbo probably from his agent you know because he won that first round contract and he was in a the, the 2020 one running back class was just a significantly weaker running back class than 2020 so I mean, where's ETN getting them? Especially for running backs, that first contract is so important. ETN was getting his money just in an easier way. All right, I guess moving on to players that are on. This is season-ending IR, correct? Yep. Yeah. Um, we uh, have Sincere McCormick and Justin Ross on season-ending IR. Is Sincere McCormick, I knew he was injured coming in. I'm still kind of con- I'll just start with Justin Ross while I'm looking up Sincere McCormick to make sure. Um, but Justin Ross, it was always going to be, you know, injury concerns was going to be his thing. He did have that foot injury that was bothering him throughout his college, his uh, final season in college, uh, not to mention his spinal injury that was keeping him off many teams' draft boards. So, yeah, injuries was obviously going to be what held him back. and. Any swing on him higher than like a mid to late third in this class felt like it was too high. Like even I was against taking Justin Ross ahead of Tyquan Thornton, who's a day two receiver by the Patriots, who I did not agree with. Um, but I mean, if you swung on him, you missed. It's fine. You, you know, it's easier to just stash him on your IR or your taxi or whatever and just see what happens next year. But like, this was clearly always going to be the problem with Justin Ross, and it's kind of just coming true already, and it's pretty bleak at this point. Yeah, I agree. I mean, we sold him in our rebuild league for a third, and I, yeah. I like that a lot. Yeah, I was pushing for it. Yeah, you know it's bad. Well, like, a player that I really like, I'm pushing for a third, like pushing Gangrev for a third. <laughs> um, it's probably not good. Um, I, I mean, I guess it's here McCormick as well. It's just like, a productive running back coming out of college, small school, but he had the the horrible testing at the combine, and then now is on season-ending IR. Um, yeah, I'm trying to figure out what happened to him, but I can't. I can't find what exactly placed him there. I knew he was it injured. Could be just, it, it, it could be one of those things where they're just trying to stash him. Honestly, <laughs> I mean, fair enough. Like, Wait, like that's what it is. And a great look. Um, all right, JT, you got a segment here. 
Um, yes. Yes. Take yes, the I floor, do. sir. Well, okay. So this is, I, I think I've spoken about before on the podcast, but if I haven't, I'm just going to run through or if you're new. I like the 32 NFL beat writers account, right? It gives you insight into the 32 NFL beat writers, right? Like makes sense. It is what it is. So you get all of the reports from training camp. They're retweeting everything, you know, whether or not the fourth string running back had a good run or if the seventh wide receiver on the team made a nice catch. But I think it's a very dangerous account to be following if you are new to the dynasty world or even if you're not new and you're kind of impulsive because there's actionable items that you can take from that kind of account that could end up harming your team, right? So for an example, something that I would have brought up and as an example, if it didn't happen today was cutting Julio Jones for someone like, if you could scroll and look at um, the, the doc, Frank, we have tweets. If, if you were like, okay, Julio Jones, I'm kind of done with him. Like, let me just try and take a flyer on Isaiah McKenzie right, who is someone that's been around for a couple of years. Uh, we have Dan Fet- Fates, Fetes, I'm going to go with Fates, uh, tweeting, Isaiah McKenzie is going to be a big part of the Bills offense this season. Big in all caps, right? He tweeted that out a couple days ago. NFL Beat Raggers retweeted it. Well, he also said that he, he had a valuable niche in the offense two years ago. And Isaiah McKenzie, we've seen next to nothing from. I think he threw a touchdown pass one time to Josh Allen. That was kind of cool. But, you know, like, you're going to see a lot of this at this time because, first off, the beat writers are – they need stories to drum up. They, they need, you know, buzz and clicks. And what gets buzz and clicks in camp is stuff like that. Um I don't know. Cutting so so I would have said Julio Jones. Now I'm gonna say someone like Will Fuller. I just saw someone drop Antonio Brown for like the seventh wide receiver on a, a team. I, I forget, I could pull it up. But like I'd rather just have those established veterans than taking flyers on these random players before even saying these players like touch the field. Um and it goes it goes both ways, right? Like here's a player that I really like too. Um Trey Lance and this guy's going. I spoke to a coach about Trey Lance. He's going to be a top 10 quarterback really soon. Blah, yada, yada. But then, you know, he also, this the same beat rep- reporter, Marco Mart1205, also tweeted that the day that the Niners trade for Jimmy G was the smartest trade they could have made to get a franchise caliber quarterback. That was just two years ago. Yeah. I also, saw, I also saw a report that was just like a, a rival exec thinks trading Jimmy G would be like Christmas for them. So they want him to trade Jimmy G. They're not sold on Trey Lance. So there's just so many conflicting reports going around. Like I, I it's so difficult to figure out what's true. What's <laughs> I'm, I'm like in chat. Joe, Joe said Joe with the Lunas kind of hot take, hot take 32 beat writers contains 32 beat writers. <laughs> and then Robert Miller with the, um, if big is an acronym for benched in game, I would say that Dan Fentes is on point <laughs> for the Isaiah <laughs> McKenzie tweet. Yeah. It's just, we're in that kind of, I say it every year because I've been victim of it too before where I've jo- Jody Fortson, the, the chief's tight end. 
I definitely dropped someone for Jody Fortson like a couple years ago, thinking that he was going to be something because I saw a beat reporter tweet something something about Jody Fortson, and he's done nothing. And then what did I see like two days ago? Oh, Jody Fortson, like man of the camp, like looking really good at Chiefs practice. Yeah, sure. I'm behind the seven Chiefs wide receivers that are better than him, and oh, Travis Kelsey, like one of the top tight ends in the league. I'm sure Jody Fortson will maybe see the field once. <laughs> like it's. It's just very dangerous if you're new to the whole dynasty game. Yeah, I mean, I I do definitely agree, especially as we head in towards preseason. Like a, a lot of people are going to be really excited about the NFL season. They're going to be watching preseason games. I honestly do think that preseason games are one of the biggest baits in the NFL. Terrace Marshall. Um, time <laughs> and time sick. and time again. Um, we see players that do very well in preseason literally not get snaps during the NFL season. Um, so that's definitely something to watch out for. And, and, and at the same time, in terms of the training camp reports, it, I think one of the things that's really hard to value is that, so I go, I go to Steelers training camp every year. Not sure if you can see the background, but yeah, I'm, I'm kind of a Steelers fan. Um, and I remember at the – so I, I was in Pittsburgh for a weekend, and I went to a couple of days of training camp. And while I was there, like on the way home, because I don't know if you guys also get this, but like I feel like receptions in stadiums is always kind of spotty. Um, so like mm -hmm. after the practices, right, I, I'm, I'm looking at my phone and seeing what the beat reporters are saying on Twitter – and I remember seeing a good amount of Steelers beat reporters being like, oh, Deontay Johnson is not playing well at camp, this, that, and the other, blah, 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 blah. And that was the offseason last year where I actually had Deontay Johnson as like one of the most overrated players in the AFC North at the receiver position. And that training camp, that weekend I went to, I was like, dude, I am dead wrong. This dude is a fucking beast. I like Deontay Johnson a lot, but I thought that he had gone too far up in price and that's actually why one of the big reasons why we're going to have the um day where we can retech our over unders that we're going to get to in a moment here before the season is for something like that right news coming in in the beginning of the offseason where you can change that and to me one of them was deontay johnson and seeing a weekend where he just tore up practice and having some beat reporters saying like, oh, yeah, this guy was a beast, which I agreed with. And some people saying, oh, yeah, he was bad, dropping balls, this, that, and the other. It's like, dude, how do you trust anyone in the beat reporter section? And it just kind of always comes back to what would you rather trust? Years worth of college data which had just has a better hit rate or some beat reporters opinions in the beginning of the season. Auden Tate better than Jamar Chase. Never like obviously neither is going to have a 100% hit rate, but just don't be a fool and take the one that does have the higher hit rate, you know, take the actual evaluations of people like, um, some of the good scouts in the industry, some of the good data analyst guys in the industry, to heart more so than the opinions, em emphasis on the opinions of a lot of these beat writers. You will have a lot more success playing Dynasty doing that, especially for the higher value players. Yeah, listen, if you want to 
cut Samori Torre for a running back that's getting a lot of hype and a running back uh, uh, team with, with a, a low depth chart, go ahead, do that. That's a different scenario. But for a lot of the big-name players that we already have had opinions on, that you have better data on, don't overthink it. Don't take too much stock in preseason. Don't take too much stock in other people's opinions that you don't have your eyes on. You're probably just better off not doing it. Agreed. And that's kind of the point. But I think we could just move us along into what I would dub the Thursday night football <laughs> division. <laughs> 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 the AFC South. It's that just, is hilarious. <laughs> the Thursday night football. Why, why tell you guys, oh, like, want to come over and watch Thursday night football? Like, who do you envision on TV? Because I totally see Jags, Titans. I, I see Jags, Titans. Like, just, you know, a game in Jacksonville. You can see all of the bleachers. Like, you could see the stands and just how empty it is. Like, it sparks you to Google online how much a ticket costs if you were to go there. And, and then you realize, yeah, a, a flight to the game plus the tickets probably going to cost me less than, like, a, a Patriots game. <laughs> like, <laughs> it, this is a Thursday night football division. Um, oh, get out of here, player. Joe Herbert. Get out of here. The Senior Bowl actually does matter. You can't convince me otherwise. I love the no, Senior Bowl. I, the senior I'm a Senior Bowl fan. Senior Bowl. I, hey, look at all these players that didn't come out a year early. That's the Senior Bowl. I love the uh, Senior at least, Bowl. At least for skill positions. Uh, I think, it's, I think it matters more for quarterbacks than anything. I, I like right. to see how the quarterbacks can pick up an offense. I like to see how they command and, and lead men. Um. And I mean, I don't know. The running backs, I think it's fucking worthless. Like, what are you doing? In yeah. No pads. Like, <laughs> yeah. Running, running against air, man. <laughs> Same thing for training camp in the NFL. It's like, dude, what are you getting out of this? Like, <laughs> over unders. Right. Over unders. Right. Over unders. Um, I I have to I have to use the restroom incredibly badly, so I'm going to go through mine really quickly here. All right, I'll, um, I'll captain us through. Or I'll be back in like a minute. All right, see you, Frank. Sorry. Um, all right, looking at it, Frank and I only disagree on Trevor Lawrence. Oh, I'm the only one that disagrees on Trevor Lawrence. Um, all right, kicking off, Davis Mills. I think that's just a very easy overrated. First off, who's Davis Mills throwing to? It, it's Brandon Cooks. And then it's so, maybe Nico Collins. But then, I originally kind of thought that uh, Davis Mills was underrated, but then I realized quarterback 23 is just too high. I thought he was more early in the offseason. He was down around quarterback like 30-something. So like at that point, I had him underrated, but now he's just snuck up too high on me. He's above Jameis Winston. <laughs> like, Which is absurd. Ryan stop. stop. Yeah. yeah, no. Exactly. Stop. Um Okay, yeah, Davis Mills is just a, he's not he's not the long term solution in Houston, right? This is a team that's going to be near the top of the draft boards. There's going to be an intriguing quarterback like that they're just not going to pass up on because Davis Mills is just not the guy. Like he had a solid rookie season, don't get me wrong, but 
when push comes to shove, this is not the long-term answer in in Houston. And it's not like a Jalen Hurts where it's like, is he, isn't he? And at least with Jalen Hurts, you're getting like he's running the ball and everything and putting up crazy fancy numbers. Like Davis Mills is just, you know, he, yeah, he's not a mobile guy. Um, moving on. The the Colts, we all have underrated on Matty Ice. Yeah, again, I would just rather have Matt Ryan than Davis Mills. I think their their time as starters in the NFL is probably pretty similar, and I just think Matt Ryan's a better quarterback. Like, I mean, Matt Ryan's the, the proven, established veteran. He's thirty seven. He's on kind of just the obviously the way out of his career. He's going to the Colts. He's trying to win a ring. That team has a good defense, good running back. You know, I I, I think he'll probably have a good year, maybe two. But that's about it for him. I don't see him playing much more than that. So uh, I it's I understand why Davis Mills is ranked over him because you you at least have the potential for the the you know the Texans fall to pick eight and they don't actually want to take a quarterback there and and they just let Davis Mills go another year because he did okay with with nothing. So like you at least have that potential. Or Matt Ryan, he's going to be 38 next season. Is he really going to play? I don't know. I think he will. But to me, it doesn't matter because I just, I, I think. Oh, Matty Ice is a better quarterback. No one, no yeah. one's denying that. So Sam Ellinger, easy, overrated. Like, Over, he's just not. What, yeah, doesn't, he's ma- not doesn't matter what he's ranked. Doesn't belong on your roster. Um, then moving on to this is where the debate happens. And I I'm not sure if Frank will be able to join us for it, but Trevor Lawrence, I'm saying overrated. You're saying underrated. The issue Trevor, with Trevor Lawrence, Lawrence, super underrated. Super underrated. I don't know about super. He's already a QB one. He's quarterback eleven. I mean, I do think he ends up hopping up a few spots. I think he wasn't done any favors. That Urban Meyer coaching staff was an absolute fucking joke. Um, you know, his receiving core was not good. Not that it got much better, but you did add, you know, Christian Kirk and uh, Zay Jones, which are established guys in the NFL. You also brought in a guy in Evan Ingram, who I can't stand Evan Ingram, but he's a solid receiving tight end when he actually catches the ball. Um, so, like, I do think this offense, you get Travis Etienne back, his college teammate. So I do think this offense, along with, obviously, Doug Peterson now at the helm, I think this team will be improved, and Trevor Lawrence is going to see that that bump as well. Uh, you know, he wasn't the number one most talented top, top prospect for years and years for no reason. He obviously has the talent, and now let him get a year under his belt. I think you're gonna we're gonna see a big jump here from Trevor Lawrence in year two. I just think that. A lot of the quarterbacks from last year's class are a little bit too undervalued from the struggles of last year in their rookie season when a lot of these guys weren't in the ideal situation or given the ideal command of the offense that they probably should have deserved or maybe a little bit too much command of the offense and they were a little bit overwhelmed. I think Trevor Lawrence is a dude that if you can trade for him at this 5400 price, which on keep trade cut, that means that you can trade someone like CeeDee Lamb in a super flex league for Trevor Lawrence in a third. Um, or you can realistically trade for, for a 23 first and a second round pick, right? 
that to me is just worth it for a guy that has ridiculous level arm talent and will actually produce a little bit on the ground, probably rushing floor level numbers. Um, I mean, I guess for those who don't know, I at least like to define rushing ceiling and rushing floor. Rushing floor is like a Russell Wilson kind of a guy, at least nowadays, where like he'll give you that 400, 500 yards on the ground, a hand, a couple of touchdowns. That'll give you that nice little floor of production where he doesn't have to be a Tom Brady-level passer to be a QB1, whereas the rushing ceiling is those Lamar Jacksons where like they're going to be an Elijah Mitchell with QB stats on top. To me, Trevor Lawrence is that type of quarterback where he'll give you a rushing floor. He has elite-level arm talent. They brought in a lot of receivers, guys like Christian Kirk, Zay Jones, that really fit the type of offense that ideally Trevor Lawrence would like to operate with, with having some deep threats, some vertical guys that can really stretch defense. Um, I just find very few scenarios where you trade for Trevor Lawrence at this price and you're unhappy with the results. I don't think you'll be able to get this price a lot of the time, but if you can, I think it's definitely a deal worth doing. I see him being a top 10 quarterback next year in terms of dynasty value. I'm with you. Um, I guess really quickly to surmise my thoughts on some of the other guys, Davis Mills, there's just a little bit too too much risk for me to invest in him. I don't think he's a bad player, but I just don't really want to invest in him at a low-end QB2 price, given the fact that he could easily not be in a starting job. I, I, I won't hate on you if you do get him or if you held on to him um, from a rookie draft last year and you just can't get the price you want to move on from him. But let's not act like Tyrod Taylor didn't produce in that Texans offense pretty good numbers as well. I think that that offense got a little bit too much more shit than it was probably worth. Um, Matt Ryan, I just think that he's a dude that's priced as if this is almost his last year. It's probably just more worth to buy him at this QB29 price. You get a nice year two, maybe even more production out of him. QB 29? What? Come on. Why not? You plug him in as your QB 2. He's a good player. Sam Ellinger, probably not worth a roster spot. And we're here. <laughs> yeah. Um, I just think my, my thing with Trevor Lawrence is I, I think you're not getting him at the price that you're saying. Like, that's being said. There's also the issue is, like, Deshaun Watson's still ranked behind him. That's going to change shortly. Um, I think the what what could change is Jalen Hurts, I believe, is ranked above him, so that could even itself out. But I think rather than this all generational talent that we've seen from Trevor Lawrence, I think we're just going to see a pretty solid quarterback, and that's just who he's going to be. And you know, it's not as exciting. I think at this point. I just wish the Bears did literally anything else around Justin Fields because I think I would have rather had Justin Fields than, than Trevor oh Lawrence. But God. Stop it. Stop it. I mean, Justin Fields was arguably even less than Trevor Lawrence last year. Like, wasn't bad, comparatively speaking. Like, I like to do yards per pass attempt as, as my kind of general just easy metric. And Justin Fields was at seven, which is – above average and trevor lawrence was at six which is like middling of the road to kind of below like you don't 
six is kind of cough where if it's below six you're yeah but dude this offense is completely different now you know they they've completely overhauled their entire offense yeah but that's the thing right where at least justin fields already has the built-in excuse uh, if he doesn't perform this year it's like who who does he have like they they lost Allen robinson and you replaced him with who they even get uh, demarcus robinson i forget who they got yeah, uh, Byron Pringle. Byron Pringle, yeah. Like, like, and then you, you instead of hiring, like, you know, offensive-minded coaches like a Nathaniel Hacker or something, we're getting Matt Eberflus. It's just like, you didn't do Justin Fields a lot of favors with Trevor Lawrence. Like you were saying, you went out, you got those players, you sacked probably the worst coach in the NFL in a while in Urban Meyer and just the the – shenanigans that were happening in jacksonville um so there's you know they've kind of eliminated a lot of excuses around trevor lawrence where if trevor lawrence doesn't have you know a stellar season and he's just kind of average well maybe that's just who trevor lawrence is where with justin fields it's like okay well he's not been doing it done any favors maybe finally the bears can figure it out T-Log carries that 101 price tag. He's not cheap. Yeah, I agree. I, I think this is almost one of the reasons why I think he's definitely undervalued on this segment is simply because of one of the flaws of keep trade cut. I think that a good amount of the quarterbacks on keep trade cut are just straight up undervalued in the Superflex format on the site. Um, I mean, we're going to get into Ryan Tannehill now. I think this yeah. is another guy that is just strictly undervalued in terms of value i mean qb 25 and and more so than the qb 25 it's the 3000 just over 3000 price tag in terms of keep trade cut points i mean you look at some of the guys that he's around it's just worth the investment it just is i mean this guy's been a a a low-end qb1 high-end qb2 for the past two seasons He's done very well in both fantasy and for the Tennessee Titans. Um, and this is an offense that doesn't pass a whole lot either. Like, like they're, they're one of the lowest in passing volumes in the league, and he's still doing this. But, like, it's, it's also because this is another dude that has a very underrated rushing floor. Um, they will use him, his legs, especially in the red zone. Um, I mean, I'll, I'll pull up the stats right now, but it's just, like, He's just a good player. It's just worth, especially if you need a quarterback. Like, he's just worth investing at in this price. Um, okay, rushing and receiving. Last year, 270 yards, seven touchdowns. The year before, 266 yards, seven touchdowns. The year before that, 2019, 185 yards, four touchdowns. That is a really nice floor of production that you're going to get where it's almost almost every other game he's scoring a touchdown. I mean, yeah, it's not sexy. It's less than 300 yards, but damn, like that that is that's impactful. That's another 7 touchdowns every season on top of his rushing on top of his uh passing production, excuse me, like at a QB 25 price. I, I'm just going to invest in him time and time again at that value and kind of just ride the wheels off until he's not the starter anymore. Yeah, it's fair. I mean, 
obviously the next guy we're going to talk about is Malik Willis, just because they did take him. Obviously he fell all the way to the third round. Um, he is very closely ranked behind him at QB 27. You two have him as overrated. I have him as underrated. Um, I think I know why you guys have him as overrated. You just think third round quarterback, you know, Tannehill, like you just said, very underrated. I agree. So there's really no room here for Willis to to really grow into anything that he was projected to be before the draft. Now, my counter argument is Tannehill's 33. We know he's been very good the past two years for Tennessee. This is a run-first offense, and he fits exactly what they want to do, being able to roll out of the pocket, kind of game manage it, hand the ball off a bunch. Best handoff in the league, if you ask me. Um, <laughs> Matt Ryan would but, like a word, or, or actually yeah. Carson Wentz would like a word. Excuse me. Yeah, Carson Wentz would like a word. but You talk about Tannehill, a handoff. <laughs> Tannehill has to be up there with the top handoff in football, let's be honest. <laughs> best, best, best skill I've seen him have. But uh, let's be honest. You don't go out, even in the third round, and take Malik Willis if you're happy with, with Tannehill. Like, it's just not a move. It It's just not a move you do. I understand you need a backup quarterback. You need this. But to take a guy that was projected to be a top 10 pick at, at, at one point, and you obviously he falls all the way to third. Teams didn't agree with what the scouts saw or what the you know analysts saw. But it, you know, everyone sees the rocket arm. We saw that at the combine. There was no doubt he has a cannon. We saw the legs. He ran a good time in the forty. You know, we we know this. So like, if Tannehill even struggles a little bit, people are going to be calling for his head. People are going to say like, I want to see Malik Willis. Put him in the game. And I don't necessarily think Vrabel's one to really care or give a shit about those people. But eventually, that time's going to come. Whether that's you know, next season. Or the year after when Tannehill's contract's up? I don't know. But I think Malik Willis isn't dead. I think he's a guy that I'd like to stash on the taxi. Is he a little pricey to stash on the taxi at QB 27? Maybe. But again, it's he's at 2700 It's, you know, a late second, mid-second, late second. I think that's a pretty fair, fair price for the upside that he potentially could have. Yeah, I think that... Malik Willis is a really interesting player. I don't think he's drastically overrated by any stretch of the imagination. The thing is, is that when I think of Malik Willis, I think of Oreos, right? We saw... Where is this going? Give me a second. Let let me cook. Let me cook, right? We saw birthday cake Oreos. Massive success, right? Lamar Jackson. We see a a different flavor of Oreos. Oh, it's the Jalen Hurts, right? Comes out... Lesser draft capital, massive success in terms of dynasty value. But is that going to work with Malik Willis? Is he going to be that flavor Oreos that really hits? You know, that really hits the fucking spot. You can dunk in that milk and start in your fantasy lineup every week. I don't know, bro. I don't know. I I, I think we've seen it far too much too recently. I'm going to lean on the air of look at the data. Look at the data, right? These third-round quarterbacks, they're a risk. i just rather not invest in him at this 2800 price, which is about a mid-second in terms of keep trade cut value. Listen, I'm going to err on the side of my classic double stuffs and take the top-end guys instead of trying to reach and find the new birthday cake Oreo in Malik Willis. 
I think he just kind of wants Oreos. I don't know why the Oreos <laughs> need to be I haven't had an Oreo in a hot minute. I <laughs> yeah. used to be a big Oreo fan. Well, I think it's robbery is the nutrition facts on Oreos. It's like 180 calories, I think. For the pack of six, it says 180 calories. But that's actually for just three Oreos. It's not for all six. So it's really 360 calories for a whole thing of Oreos. That's, it says it's a lot more. Size, it's, it's 180 calories per serving size, JJ. Yeah, but yeah, per, per three. But why is the serving <laughs> size not a full package? Who eats just three Oreos? Malik is no <laughs> filling Oreos. He has no shot in the NFL. Double stuff, baby. Dude, yeah. Parker, you're, you're, you're on my – I love double stuff Oreos. They are double so stuff. You know, double stuffed Oreos are only spelled with one F. Common misconception. Honestly, okay. I think the mega stuff is just too much. I've never had a mega stuff Oreo. Uh, double stuff is definitely the sweet spot, but sometimes mega stuff hits. Just take whatever Frank felt about Kellen Mond last year. It's applied <laughs> to Malik Willis this year. It's just the third <laughs> round quarterback. So people fall for him every year. I mean, shoot, I probably like. Matt Corral, I still kind of liked. Sam Howell even went to the fifth round. I still kind of like, but like the rates just so low on them at, at the price that they're at. It's just like Frank saying in his Oreo analogy, community <laughs> the other the double stuffed Oreos. Yeah, but I mean, I don't hate it because there is upside though. Like we've just seen it time like, and not time again. Really, These though. rushing quarterbacks, they just need to play and they can produce points. Well, let's play it out this way, right? You want to know uh, a third-string quarterback who had, like Joe Joe was saying in chat, he had the second-best rookie season last year. He was a third-string quarterback. That's Davis Mills. Davis Mills is quarterback 23. Like, all right. Hey, he wasn't presumed to be the starter. Took a Terod Taylor injury and everything. And it's just like, even with him having a very good, very good in terms of expectation season, I get like where Malik Willis could be like better and be like the actual Russell Wilson third third round QB, but like it's just chances are so low of that happening. What what chat say? <laughs> it's Botticher. Uh, so uh, I'm crazy. That's <laughs> <laughs> the currently one. Um, um, all right, let's go into the Texans. Um, this running back room. Oh my god. This running back room is just atrocious. Four straight O's for me. I actually think that that Damian Pierce and Rex Burkhead are underrated. Oh, yeah, I like Rex Burkhead considering he is literally free. But other than that, I like Rex Burkhead, Patriot, but uh, I just I don't see him. I don't want him on my roster. Like I'd rather just roster some young other running back on a. Yeah, I just don't team. see this time next year him being valued more than he is, even if he has a good season. You know, the, the reason I have Damian Pierce as underrated is that it's not that I think he's drastically underrated. I just expected Damian Pierce to carry that that Ryan Tannehill price tag, right? I expected to see that 30-41 next to Damian Pierce's name. This is a dude could, that could easily uh, be the, the 1A of the Texans. I don't think that they're necessarily going to have a bell cow running back, but this could be a guy that does see a solid... 14 to 17 touches a game and they could be kind of sneaky productive um the, the problem i have with damian pierce is exactly the same problem that we saw with michael carter and it's just that yeah he might have a good season but he can be replaced at any second he was a fourth round pick 
there's not a lot of draft capital in him. And it's just one of those things where, again, he might have a good season. And I think he probably will just because his team's backfield is aging beyond belief. The youngest guy in the backfield is not named Damian Pierce. It's Marlon Mack, who's been injured the past two years. So, like, I just – he doesn't have a lot of competition. But this time next year, do they pay up and take one of these high – expected young running backs in next year's class well i mean i agree with you there completely that's why if i had damian pierce and he was producing pretty heavily i would have a quick trigger finger to sell him for a profit um but that being said i would rather have damian pierce than a guy like um what's that bucks guy's name um rashad white Oh, I'd yeah. just rather have Damian Pierce than him. I honestly yeah, think that Damian fine, Pierce but... has an argument for being the RB3 right now in this draft and this rookie class, which isn't saying that Damian Pierce is crazy. I think that's more of a testament this running back class is bad. But I, I mean, this guy's got all the opportunity in the world. All these dudes behind him are kind of proven scrubs. I just I think he's he's worse than Michael Carter in my eyes, Michael Carter from last year. And I just think it's going to be very similar where it's a player who comes into an awful like, well, I guess a very good situation, an awful running back room, <laughs> takes the job. And then what's to stop him from just a different team coming to get him? <laughs> oh, I heard the Texans are bringing back Arian Foster's Chiefs <laughs> over Cheetos. Come at me, bro. I think it depends on the mood I'm in with the Chiefs buffs over Chiefs. That's probably the most I've ever agreed with Joe Take in chat. <laughs> you know what's under, you know what's very underrated? Cheese balls. Cheese balls are underrated. Uh, no. I think they're kind of they fill the same niche as Chiefs puffs. I think I'd rather have a cheese puff than a cheese ball. Really? Yeah, I agree like, with you. That big knowledge. jug of cheese balls, nothing better than that. They should just, yeah, just make cheese puffs come in the jug. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. I think I would like them more if they came in the jug. I mean, you talk about surrounding your players with talent. I mean, that's exactly what you got to do with your cheese puffs. You just got to surround them in that jug. You surround them with some talent. <laughs> All right. Um, the Colts. <laughs> I, I originally had an O on Naheem Hines, but I just think he's only a couple years removed from a running back two overall season, as in like he's two years removed from that. And we didn't see it a whole lot last year with Carson Wentz and then this weird offense that was going on with the Colts. But I think with Matt Ryan, I think we are going to see a Naheem Hines involved more in the passing game. And especially with the lack of receiving talent that they have, on top of the fact that he's running back 53 behind Jonathan Taylor, who had some of the most carries last year. Like, even if Taylor goes down, I don't think this is Hines' backfield to lead, but he's definitely priced very cheap for what he could be this year. Listen, dude, I think this is a simple equation for me. I roll up to the gym, right? I roll up to my right. gym battle in Pokemon. Oh, uh, and I, I, I'm a one-minion but... Andy. I am a one-Pokemon... Uh, you're the classic overleveled starter Pokemon guy. This is Jonathan yeah. Taylor in this backfield. This is my overleveled <laughs> starter. Yeah, Nahi Hines might see a little bit of work, but at the end of the day, this dude is a glorified Sackmon. All right. I am rolling out here with my stud, and I am rolling him until the wheels roll off. All right. 
This dude is carrying me. I yeah, like Naheem Hines. I think Philip Lindsay's a good little player. I think they're worth rostering at their current price. Long term, Jonathan Taylor is the only dude I want. He's the only one I the only mon I want on my team. He's the only one I need. I don't know, dude. I, I just think 330 carries last year for Jonathan Taylor. I think we're going to see Naheem Pump those numbers involved. up, baby. Let's see 350. <laughs> Let's see 400. Uh, he's cheap. He's really cheap. Travis Etienne is a tough one for me. No, double overrated. <laughs> double O. I mean, I had my whole rant on him. I, you know how I feel. Same thing with James Robinson, I, especially with him already not being on the PUP. I get that he had the Achilles injury, but again, I, he's got a place in this offense. I just think that Travis Etienne being at the top of this tier of running backs that we always talk about, this like RB10 all the way down to RB19, realistically, Travis Etienne is is in the same tier as a guy like David Montgomery. Yes, Travis Etienne is probably the pick over David Montgomery more times than not. But he comes with this higher price tag. There's a lot of risk involved. I do like Travis Etienne. It's just I'm a little bit too skeptical to invest him in an RB10. That's that's high. I, he does have upside, but a lot of that is starting to become priced in, right? We we saw this guy over the course of the offseason go from like what probably rb20 all the way up to <clears throat> rb10 raise about five to six hundred keep trade cut points it's just gone a little bit too far i mean everyone's just going back to the hype pretending like he never had an injury this is where he was rated after the draft last season and and it's just he's a year older and, and a major injury you know, post-major injury. This is just absolutely absurd. Just look like the fact that he's only 400 keep trade cut points behind Trevor Lawrence in a super flex ranking is ridiculous. It's not even close. I know Trevor Lawrence had a bad year for, for what he was expected to be, but he wasn't done any favors. Like, it's just crazy that you could trade Travis Etienne in what a second uh, based on that price for Trevor Lawrence. Yeah, every single time, every every single time. Yeah, I, I, I agree about this, but um, I grab Lindsay off waivers in case injury hits the Colts. Arby's there, dude. Yeah, I mean, listen, I put overrated on on Hines and Lindsay, but I think that that's definitely like they're worth rostering, and they're probably around worth. I mean, Phil Lindsay to me is worth getting at that four sixteen value. He's literally free at that point. Naheem Hines, you're giving up what a mid third for him. I'm not going to come out and say that that's a bad deal grabbing one of those guys, especially if you're a super RB needy team and you don't want to give up a ton of assets. I, I, I just think that there's a better chance that their values are lower next year, but in terms of they could be worth it for your team at some point during the course of next season, that's fine. And, and speaking of which, Derrick Henry is in this weird range for this segment where it's like, we all know his value at the end of next season is going to be lower. So I'm inclined to put an O. But, I mean, this dude is worth getting at 4,800. I mean, if, if, if you're a team trying to win a championship, flipping 
Travis Etienne for Derrick Henry and getting like what a third for fourth swap on top. If you're trying to win a chip was like, yeah. Okay. Every single time. If you're a contender every single time. I mean, especially if you, let's say you have a, a first or two in the bank in future years. It's like, Listen, I, I hate throwing the O next to Derrick Henry, but I just want to do this to be right by the end of next season when we look back at these numbers. This is worth investing in Derrick Henry. It like 100%. you're right because it it doesn't matter what Derrick Henry does this season. No matter what he does this time next season, he will be ranked lower because he will be a 29 year old running back with a load of just you know carries and tread on his tires. So. There is just no way that he's not lower this time next season, despite him probably having another running back one season this year. Haskins I like as a flyer, but currently he's kind of ranked a little bit above a flyer price. I, I don't. Um, I was never a Haskins guy. I just think he's just a jag, but that's fine. I, I agree with JT. I, I'm throwing the underrated tag on him simply because um, – I, man, I just think in terms of like handcuff running backs, he he might be one of the top ones for me. Now, I'm not going to invest in him at this price, but I, man, it's just worth it. Like to me, Hassan Haskins it reminds me of what Gus Edwards was a couple years ago. Mm-hmm. So like very high valued handcuff. If you invest him at this price, fine. That's it's worth it, especially if you're picking up the Henry handcuff. Um, it's just a little too high for my liking. But I do, like Joe Herbert just said, this is my problem with him. I don't see that Haskins is the future in tennis in Tennessee. I agree with that. But just because I, I think he's one of the more high-valued handcuffs, I think I'd rather take him underrated over the RB55 price tag. I mean, this 1641 is valued under a third i don't know if i would pay a third for him i man, i i just think he's better than this price i guess i all in all i, I think it's pretty fair though i'm not gonna come out here and say oh he's wildly underrated no mm-hmm. well we rolling into the tight ends yep this division i think i just yeah, the tight ends are pretty brutal. <laughs> I I <laughs> like are... all of them. Yeah, I, I, I actually like kind of like. I kind of agree with JT. I kind of like these tight ends, low key. So there's a few of them that I like, but other than that, kicking off Brevin Jordan, I have him underrated. You two have him overrated. Brevin Jordan actually had like he didn't do a whole lot. <laughs> He had uh, 28 targets, 20 catches, but it was only in nine games last year. Uh, so a little over he, – he had about three targets per game. But now we're looking at second year, Brevin Jordan on this team with essentially Brandon Cooks, Nico Collins, Chris Conley. Like I don't really know who you're going to even say is second wide receiver. Like there is room for Brevin Jordan to grow. I just – he had really good yards per route run like – I don't know. I'm taking the flyer on him. Um, then Jelani Woods, athletic freak. I think you're kind of just paying that kind of price for what he could end up being, which is nasty if he pans out. Um, 
I think you guys are in the same boat there. Mo Ali Cox, I've kind of seen it enough now, and they brought in just even more athletic guy in Jelani Woods that I'm kind of done with Mo Ali Cox. Yeah, but I see. I just think Mo Ali Cox is the veteran there. He's the guy that you know is going to kind of just run this room, whether because he's with two very young guys and Jelani Woods and Kylan Granson. So I just think he's going to get his targets just because of who he is. He's established himself that he's a real NFL player and. Obviously, it's a new quarterback, but I still think he'll get his targets. And for under a thousand keep trade cup points, I, I like that one. Yeah, think so. You're out on Kylan Granson. I think that's where Frank. Yeah, I think history. Jelani Woods. I liked Kylan Granson last off season, but I think the addition of Jelani Woods is just like the same thing. And you're not going to do that this, if you were happy with him. So I'm out on him. This is a Colts team where I think we're going to see like significant amount of 22 personnel like this just feels like a 22 personnel team i don't i just think that a lot of these teams in this division i mean we'll get to the receivers but it's not like these receivers are like crazy so i mean for for the price i'm not coming out here and buying up these tight ends but you can pick them up for cheap like i i don't really know what the hell the colts receiving core outside of michael Pittman's going to be I think there's a decent chance that one of these tight ends could be low-key nice, kind of like a Hunter Henry last year. I don't think they'll have long-term value, but... I mean, Jelani Woods I like as a prospect. I don't think he'll be crazy this year, so I think that gives an opportunity for Mo Ali cox or Carlin Granson to be productive this year. Um, Brevin Jordan I'm not really into, um, simply because, like, I mean, you look at it, he's the highest-priced tight end. I think it's a fair <coughs> value for him, though. Like, I have a couple shares of Brevin Jordan, surprisingly, because I'm not a huge Brevin Jordan guy. The problem is, is that, like, it's just not worth to sell him at that price. It's just not. Yeah. yeah. I mean, tight end 20 seems like it would be high, but then, like, you look at what he's, like, ranked around. And Wait, you want to give him up for a mid-third? What's the point? What is yeah. the point? <laughs> I think it's oh. just, like, I think all these tight ends are just fairly valued. I mean, yeah, you're a, probably investing in a waste lord, but fuck there's it. not like, there's not a lot exciting going on here, other than maybe Jelani Woods, kind of, and then there's just fairly priced. I mean, you know how I feel about Evan Ingram. Me and Dan Arnold are feuding. It's fine. Well, like Evan Ingram, right? Evan Ingram. There's not a ton of upside left in Evan Ingram, but he could definitely be a productive tight end for you this year, hundred percent. It's not out of the realm of possibilities that the dude who put up one of the best rookie tight end seasons ever just, you know, kind of refigures it out on the Jaguars with a, a new team. Um, yeah, so. and, and, be, and be that, like, what, tight end 11, tight end 8 over the course of the season, where it's like, yeah, he's not a world beater, but he's good enough to where he's your tight end 1 if you don't have one of those studs. Mm-hmm. That's fine. If you if you pick him up at a tight end twenty two price, cool. If Evan Ingram goes down, we saw Dan Arnold can be relatively productive. He's also the rabbit's foot of your league. You pick <laughs> him up, you instantly have the luck factor on your side. Um, and then lastly, going into Austin Hooper, it's like I think Austin Hooper is actually one of the more underrated tight ends in the league right now. I don't like Austin Hooper all that much. I thought he was wildly overrated when he was on Atlanta. And going for those higher prices. But it, like 
now that he's off of a Cleveland team, it's almost like where non-running backs go to die, that he can't be a low-end tight end one. I mean, I, I see Austin Hooper as another guy that could be a dude that gets like 80 to 90 targets, a handful of touchdowns, and can be a tight end that like it's not the sexy play, but he could be a dude that you can start and and if you really need a tight end as a contender, you could you could potentially rely on in like a a two-headed monster tight end situation where you have like Noah Fant and Austin Hooper and you just kind of play whoever's hotter or who has the better matchup or something. I ju- I think he's worse than Johnny Smith and then there's um, Robert Woods and Traylon Burks, I think, will just out-target him. And this is an offense that is near the league bottom always in passing attempts where I just I, I don't think he's going to be that relevant. He's going to be a very touchdown-dependent player. Woods is mega raw but worth a dart throw in deeper leagues. I think he's worth a dart throw in a lot of leagues. Um, I'm not the biggest Jelani Woods guy, um, but... The fact of the matter is, is I just think he's too cheap. I, 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 w- I would have been drafting him in second rounds in, in rookie drafts, 2022 drafts. Well, that, that's what I thought his price was going to be. I thought that this dude was going to creep into the late second in a lot of drafts. But the fact of the matter is, he's like a late third. And I think that, to me, Jelani Woods, with his draft capital, with his athleticism, yeah, the film isn't the best. But I think he's worth that late third pick that it seems like he was consistently going at. Um, and he was someone that I just expected his price to rise over the course of the offseason, but it kind of did the opposite. It kind of just decreased as the offseason went on. Which is surprising, too, because they haven't brought in anyone else. Like, there's no extra uh, Colts to, uh, wide receiver that's going to be like. You know, like if Julio Jones signed there or Will Fuller signed there, it's more understandable, even though I don't really expect much from a tight end in his rookie season. But there's just there's no real reason to have dropped him in your ranking. Yeah, that that yeah. was just honestly one of the things of the offseason that surprised me the most was Jelani Woods's price tag in rookie drafts, especially in a weaker rookie class like. I was just kind of shocked that this guy was not getting taken higher in drafts. And you you look at this under 1500 price tag. Like that's almost less than a third, is it? Like um might be. It's around a late third, I'm pretty sure on keep trade cut. 1500 is looking like yeah, it's mid third. It's 2022 mid third. Yeah, I, I was just I was I was definitely surprised by that this offseason because like on draft night we were thinking that Jelani Woods was one of the bigger winners of the draft with his draft capital. Like we all knew that his tape wasn't the best and that he was an athletic freak, but it was like, okay, does the draft capital meet the athletic freak? And it did, but we didn't see the price increase. Exactly. And like JT said, in, in a very open offense where, where targets are, are up for grabs. Well, speaking of open offense, targets up for grabs, Texans wide receiver core. Yeah, this, receiver. this one, we're all going to throw the U on it. Um, this is one of those classic, 
Okay, we all have him underrated. You're never gonna get him for this price. It's he's nope. in the fucking hard mix in paradox. Brandon Cooks is. Yep. Um, no one wants to give him up for a second. Everyone wants to buy him for a second. That's just the reality. Um. Well, Mechie, obviously, with the cancer news, hope he gets better. But in the meantime, it's just going to drop from there. And then the other two are going to... Oh, Frank had a U on him. Wow. I just don't see how he goes up, though. Yeah, I I think this is a long-term U. I think that John Mechie's a good player. Um, He's a dude that I liked a lot pre-draft. I mean, fact of the matter is, this 2300 price, you're right, will drop. And that's part of my U. If someone's panic selling for a third, I'll scoop him up and put him on my taxi before the season starts. Keep him for two years. Uh, I, I think he's a he's a talented player. He's a good player. Um, his profile, for whatever reason, is a lot more shat on than it probably should be. Um, this guy's he's productive as a sophomore. Came out early. Has good draft capital. He just yeah, he's not the sexiest dude. He does have his problems, but fact of the matter is. He checks a lot more boxes than people give him credit for. Uh, I'll throw the U on him. Um, then the rest of the guys. Nico Collins, you put an overrated. I almost did. Chris Conley, I think, actually might see action this year, which is why I'm putting an underrated on him. I, I yeah, I mean, he's, I think, weeks. one of the, the last ranked wide receivers in all of keep trade cut. So just to be, you know, relevant and catch, be playable, it puts an underrated tag on him. I kind of wanted to put an overrated on Nico Collins, but I just uh, – he's the second wide receiver in this offense, I think. So – Yeah. I, I think Nico 60. Collins is pretty fairly priced right on the edge of a yeah. second to third. Um, But kind of like I was saying earlier, if he goes up at all, I'd rather just sell him than buy him. Yeah. I would I, also I, rather I, just sell I have Nico Collins in a bunch of leagues. I'm hoping he goes off in the first few weeks and people are like, oh, 23-year-old going off. Any second I'm I'm probably taking for Nico Collins. Um, all right, the the Colts. I almost I almost put a U on Michael Pittman, believe it or not. Because 4,900 does not seem like he's in the realm of a wide receiver one season this year, I think, with Matt Ryan as his quarterback, no real competition for targets. But at the end of the day, there's just a lot of receivers I like better. Um, yeah, I, I kind of like agree. I like, I like Pittman a lot as a prospect, but I think the hype has gone a little bit too far. I just don't really want to invest in any of these receivers given the risk of, of the uncertainty of their offense and... um. You know, the fact that they're probably going to be a run-heavy team, I don't really know what the hell's going to happen, so I'm probably just going to stay away. There there probably is upside, but... I'm right there with you. I, I just... I'm not confident in any of these guys. And, okay, yeah, I'm confident in Pittman, but at wide receiver 15 price, at this 4900 I'm just selling more than I'm buying. Yeah, I, I think Pittman's... Honestly, like well overpriced. I think he should be more closer to like wide receiver, like twenty two. If we're being honest, I think he's well overpriced. Um, I kind of like Alec Pierce. I think you can get him pretty cheap. He's only at twenty six hundred. You're looking at mid second. Um, I, I I think that's a pretty solid price for a guy that has a realistic shot to be the number two in this offense. 
Yeah, um, really I'm quickly, pretty sure. This, this is my problem with Pittman. Okay. Is this discrep this large discrepancy a, a three oh one potentially even a second between Cortland Sutton and Michael Pittman? Um, my God, Nico Harbin and Terrace Marshall are overrated. <laughs> um, this is what I don't like about Michael Pittman. I think that he should be at a maybe a smidge higher than Cortland Sutton, a couple hundred points, but not this. 500 point difference I, I think that that's overall my problem with with Pittman right now um and if I could get this kind of deal done and I know this is going to be a 301 or a late second that's something that I'd be very interested in doing especially as a contender yeah I don't know I think I'd move from Pittman to like a Hollywood or a Pittman to a Bateman or Pittman to Elijah Moore like straight but, up no because they're all ranked like right around where Cortland Sutton is uh, maybe a little bit higher so I don't know Bateman in a fourth I would take for Pittman same thing with Elijah Moore I just like the other guys better in the long run yeah I'm with you on that one JT um all right Moving on to the Jaguars. This is probably going to be where we have our greatest discrepancy. Jake's the one out on Christian Kirk. I just, I'm not following the money Christian guy. Kirk I'm right not following the money guy, but we're talking, I think he's the, the lead wide receiver. It's not follow offense. the money. It's follow the fact that this guy yeah. just put up a thousand yard season and is priced like he put up a 500 yard season. Thank you. Yes. <laughs> I've never been at. a Christian Kirk guy, but this price is ridiculous. We're talking about a 25-year-old player who is before the bell curve of peak production, right? A year before the bell curve of peak production that just got a massive contract with a quarterback that completely fits his skill set 1,000% in an offense where he should be the number one guy in targets. Why is he not closer to a first round pick than he is i mean this just does not make sense to me this is why i have him in the in the stock market segment i do not know why christian kirk is not valued higher than than he is um i i know a lot of people are have a sour taste about the jags offense because of how bad they were last year but to me christian kirk is in a prime spot to produce what he did last season and I'm pretty sure he's cheaper than he was last year. Or at least the same price, which he was a smashing buy last year if you got him. I like me some Christian he, he had a good year last year. But to have a good year, it took this offense being good, the Arizona offense taking a step forward. It took DeAndre Hopkins missing a significant amount of time. It took having James Conner be good, so they have to actually respect the run game. There was a lot of things that fell into place here to give Christian Kirk the the thousand yards and five touchdowns or whatever the hell he had. So, like, I, I just, I, I'm not going to bet on it happening again, let alone in Jacksonville, where the offense is worse. Uh, the offense is just going to be – you don't have Kyler Murray running it. You don't have DeAndre Hopkins on the other side. You don't have – You. it's just unlikely that it happens again. I was – I liked Christian Kirk coming out of college. He's done nothing in Arizona to really wow me. 
I know he had a solid season last year, but I'm just out. If I could get this 3200 price, I'd, and if you're willing to pay more, uh, and if people are willing to pay more because they're following the money, I'm going to cash out. I am just shocked that Christian Kirk is not valued in that mix and paradox range between a first no, round and second round pick. I, I mean, I just I think to give up a first round pick or even consider giving up a first round pick yeah, is kind of fucking long. ludicrous if we're being honest. It's just nuts. <laughs> like, I, I don't know about that far, but it does it does feel like a lot for Christian Kirk. If I'm giving up a first round pick, there is a caliber of player I want back and a Christian Kirk who may be a wide receiver three on a good fantasy team, that's not what I'm giving up a first round pick for. I to me, Christian Kirk checks about every single box of a buy low that you could possibly check. Well, that's the guy right underneath him, LaVisca Chenault, wide receiver seventy five. Criminal. Criminally underrated. T-Law knows where the playbook is. I don't want anything to do with LaVisca Chenault. He's wide receiver 75. Yeah, he's yeah 75. I'll sell him there. I'd sell him at wide receiver 99. I'd sell him at Michael Scarn's price. Hater. Michael Hater. LaVisca Chenault is going to be in the top 50 wide receivers next year. I don't know. I, I, How much I agree you want to bet on that, JT? Well, let's make a pod bet. Name the price. What's a what's a pod thing that we could do? Lewis and I have the clown bet already, so I can't double down on a clown. <laughs> um, I was gonna say I could give up the intros, but I don't really know if that's anything of actual value. <laughs> just being depends on how thing. frank feels about it <laughs> yeah uh i don't know anyone anyone in chat thinks uh think can think of like a podcast kind of bet that we could do we'll get back to it we'll get back to it hey you're a dear lavisca chanel hater certified hater I mean, at this price, it's hard to really call him overrated. I mean, he still has the potential. He still has the draft capital in him. Um, it's just whether there's enough mouths to feed. Like, if he's going to get enough target share in this offense with all the additions that they had this offseason, I don't know. I would say he goes up. I don't know if he goes top 50s, but I think he goes up from receiver 75 at least. I think right now he should be ranked around the likes of a Hunter Renfro, who's wide receiver 42. Oh. I mean, Renfro just came off like a, a fantastic season. I know it took a lot for him to be successful as well, but like. Yeah, and what? guess what just happened to him? Oh, they just added in none other than Devontae Adams. Like, Hunter Renfro is not going to repeat that 1,000-yard season. And, and you're no, acting I, like LaVisca Chenault didn't put up like 800 yards. Would you They're, trade Godwin for Kirk and a 23 seconds? I think you could get more for Godwin. Like, initial um, reaction of that without doing any more exploratory analysis, it feels like you're selling low on Godwin. Loser does, I like that. Loser does five minutes of stand up comedy. Five minutes kind of feels five like minutes a, lot is for a, a podcast. Five minutes is a long time. Like, Two minutes, 30 seconds. Wait, on the pod or? Act, yeah, I feel like, like it's got to be on the pod. Well, oh, dude, sense. I would kill that. I'd have everyone rolling. <laughs> 
<laughs> I mean, I'm down to do that. Five minutes just feels like a lot, though, for a Dynasty-centric pod. But, like, if it was, like, a three-minute opening, like, a cold open three minutes, like, <laughs> you just got to... Cold opening three you wanna, minutes. I'll, I'll take that yeah. pod bet. Three okay. minutes of stand-up. Yeah. On, on the pod. Yeah. Uh, let me put that in my reminders. LaVisca Chenault has to be a top 50 wide receiver on keep trade cut by... This time next year. Yeah, so um, I'll put it... Well, what what about that trade? Godwin for Kirk in a 23-second. No. No. Just feel like you get more for Godwin, Joel. Um, Yeah, you could definitely get more for Godwin. Especially with the news that he's going to be... I feel like a lot of Godwin's value is taking a hit because of the perceived he's going to miss half of the season. The fact that he's not in the PUP, I might let that marinate a little, bro. Yeah, I agree. If you let it marinate and let people, you know, the market adjust, keep trade cut adjust to the news, I think his value is only going to go up from here. Because, I mean, listen, I like Christian Kirk a lot, but you're talking about trading a guy that probably should be priced and has been a top 15 receiver in the league. Like, if he's out there producing like he did last year by week three, I think you you would if you want to trade for Christian Kirk, I think you would be better off trading other assets for Kirk than than that Godwin deal. Frankly, also depends on what the twenty three second is, because if that's a two oh one twenty three second, that that might change the story a little bit. But I'm assuming it's not. I'm assuming that's a late second. Frank, I'm gonna be honest. I'm kind of worried about our bet. But just because, like, you might be so good at stand-up that you, like, leave us and, and fly away. And, <laughs> and <laughs> I got to start coming up with some bits. I've already got a couple in the back of my head. Well, you got, you got a year to work on it, so <laughs> we'll see. All right, let's finish this up, wrap up the receivers here with Tennessee. Interesting group. I think you it's a really I interesting. I think it's an interesting group. I like Westbrook Akina. I think he uh, showed a little bit last year that he'll have a nice role as a wide receiver. Three in that yeah, offense. I, and then... I like Westbrook Akina too. I just struggled like because I have him in like two leagues, and I don't think he's a bad player. I just struggle to see where he's really relevant. I mean, the, the relevancy would come if Robert Woods is not ready week one. And then he could step in immediately week one and be that wide receiver two with a rookie as the presumed wide receiver one. I think, you know, Tannehill already has the familiarity with Westbrook Aquina from last year. And I think that's the reason, I, even with Robert Woods, like he new to the team, he's the only guy that really has a, you know, rapport with, with Tannehill at this point. Um, I just think that for a thousand keep trade cut points, wide receiver 104. I think he's underrated. Where's Where's the rookie that's on this team? What's his name that Joe Herbert likes a lot? Who? Oh, I know who you're talking about, but he's useless. Um, Why is he not here? Because he won't Ooh. matter. I know exactly who he's talking about too. But <laughs> on, I, 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 he should be on keep. Kyle Phillips. Right? Kyle Phillips. Is he not on keep trade cut? 
Yeah, he is on Keep Jericho. What did my script mess up? Oh yikes. We can get Kyle Phillips. I mean, we oh, I mean, he's, a, he's 147. <laughs> he might not have made the cut when it got scraped. I mean, just give me a big fat O on that, though. I'll add him in for just for you, Joe Herbert. 161. What is he valued at? 147. That's kind of concerning. Yeah, imagine we imagine we missed like some big name player like we just never talked about i don't know i'm just gonna say tom brady but like <laughs> how old is kyle phillips god i can't type right now 25 holy shit he's 25 yeah yeah Uh, yeah, I'm gonna join you, JT. <laughs> no, wait, he's 23. He's 23. He's 23. Did I have the wrong? Is there another famous Kyle Phillips? There might be. I feel like he's probably a NASCAR driver. That sounds like a NASCAR driver name. That does. Yeah. Um, I think Traylon Burks is very underrated. I mean, we're talking about a guy that, um, has been and should be a top five dynasty rookie pick and you can pick him up at 4500 keep your cup points um a lot of the slander has come from the asthma stuff this offseason i mean listen this is even before training camp like let's relax a little bit um very productive in the ace in the sec i honestly wasn't the biggest Traylon guy in the world but the the draft capital was a check um, the landing spot was a major check. And the fact of the matter is, is that he's just probably not priced as he should be. I'm pretty sure he's under Chris Olave right now, and I'd rather have Traylon than Olave straight up. I, I think that this is a guy that is attainable in leagues right now. It's worth to attain. It's worth to draft. And he's just kind of undervalued. Um, I mean, going into Robert Woods, Robert Woods is an interesting one because he's coming off the major injury, um, extremely productive player. I, I feel like Robert Woods is one of those types of guys that I would have wanted to trade for, but for some reason, there's this little guy on my shoulder. I'll, I'll put the one on screen. There's this little guy on my shoulder telling me, Frank, don't do it. Don't trade your second form. Why? I mean, I, yeah. At the, I, I don't know. I, maybe it's because I, I don't, the Rams I wouldn't... gave up on him with the injury. Maybe it's Listen, because, you know, he's, he's going to a team that doesn't pass the ball a lot. I can't a 30-year-old wide receiver, 30-year-old wide receiver coming off a major injury, moving from one of the most pass-heavy offenses, where he was still only a fantasy wide receiver three, to a one of the – the least passing attempt to offense in the entire league. So like there's a lot of red flags on, on, you know, why you may not want Robert Woods here. And I kind of understand that little guy on your shoulder going, Nope, don't do it. Oh, wrong shoulder. Don't do it. Don't do it. Don't trade your second. 
That's what he's saying. I, I yeah, I kind of agree. I mean, I I put the underrated tag because I I, I might switch it to an overrated because I feel like yeah, you know, I'm gonna do it. I mean, at wide receiver 61, it's hard to be overrated. Yeah, but you know, this time next year he's gonna be less and. Uh, when you I don't. I don't like hate that. investing in Robert Woods at this price tag. If I had Robert Woods on my team, I probably wouldn't sell him for this price, which is like a late second. But I, for whatever reason, I'm not buying him here either. I get it. Like, uh, Westbrook Aquino, we already kind of talked about. Well, real, real, real quick, last point on Robert Woods. Maybe this is a guy where if you were trading, who's a good receiver that that, that is close to, but probably a little bit more than a 23 late first. Uh, more than a 23 late first? A little, a smidge more. Uh. Let's find out. Okay, I guess just point without naming the player. I'm sorry. This is such a shit way to do this. Um, I apologize to all the people listening to the podcast. Maybe, maybe Bobby Trees, Robert Woods is one of those dudes that you try to trade a good young wide receiver for a first and Bobby Trees. I don't think he's my first pick. But in terms uh, of someone that you could one. get it done for at a good price, this might be it. That might be, be the way that I would invest in a Robert Woods type. Uh, he, I agree with Joe Harbour on this one. He's underrated, but like you don't well, want to go buy him because he, it's just like so many red flags like we already talked about with the injury and the no passing of the Tennessee Titans here. It's just a lot of red flags that we, I, I like Robert Woods, the player, but fantasy wise, it's a tough sell. We we have been saying Joe's name wrong the whole time. A bear. Joe A bear. What? My brain's broken. Look at chat. Look at chat. Look at what Joe's saying in chat. H E B E R T. A bear. Wait, Joey is that Bear. actually how you say it, Joe? There is no R there. So it's different than I, honestly I didn't just see Justin that until Herbert. now. There is no R. What the hell? <laughs> We're so focused on Justin Herbert that we just yeah. got <laughs> a bit. That's gonna take some time. Wait, is that it. actually how you say it, Joe? I mean, I don't think he would lie. I don't. I. I feel like that's just not something he has anything to gain from. Seems like a a French Canadian name. Yeah, probably. We've been saying French. Joe Herbert since now. <laughs> <laughs> I honestly never realized there wasn't an R. It just looks like an R should be there. I'm bad. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I, I listen, I'm just going to keep calling you Joe Herbert. It's just too natural at this point. <laughs> I'll try to change a bear. A bear. 
That's hilarious. Which what's your opinion on Robert Woods, JT? Um uh, it's just I kind of wanted to put the overrated, but he is the established veteran on this team, even though like it's his first year here. But like he's wide receiver sixty-one. I think he's probably better than what Corey Davis was. And I mean, Corey Davis was ranked higher. I get that he's older than Corey Davis, but I just, I think he's fine. Wide receiver 61 feels fine. I think I'd just rather move him up before I moved him down. Like the old Saints QB, Bobby A. Bear, Cajun pronunciation, but I'm not Cajun. Cajun pronunciation? I've never heard of that term. I think that just means French. Ah, you learn something new every day. Um, all right, I guess down to the the next guys, Nick Westbrook, Aquina, Jay. Okay. You kind of already said your spiel yeah. on him. Des Fitzpatrick, he's a dude that I kind of liked at the Senior Bowl last year, but it's just like, what's the point? Probably uh-huh. not worth a roster spot. Kyle Phillips being the lowest rated receiver on this team as a rookie, though. Joe A. Bear is a big fan of Kyle Phillips. Any roster spot consideration from from you guys? I don't even think he makes oh. the Titans roster. <laughs> so he didn't make the keep trade cut roster. <laughs> no, all about no. Him right now. <laughs> all right. Well, I, I don't know. I I just don't want to really want to have Kyle Phillips. Um. That's about the gist of it. Mm-hmm. And with right. that, that's the show. <laughs> Wild revelation at the end there. But <laughs> yeah, thank you everyone for tuning in, listening. Uh, we're going to have one more episode where I guess we could kind of switch around where our rankings are on these players and then preseason. Well, when do we want to do that? Do we want to do that after preseason, middle of preseason? We could do it next episode. We can like go over everything. I mean, that would take some sheet manipulation where we'd have to put everything all into into one thing. Yeah, it's going to be... That'd be a monster of a oh, sheet. Oh, boy. That would be a massive episode. Anyway, we'll figure it out. Um, we went through all the divisions, though. That means it's almost time for football, boys. Hell yeah. Well, yeah, once again, thank you guys so much for tuning in. Hit that like button, subscribe button. Really helps us out. And peace out. Can't wait to do some stand-up a year from now. (laughs) Thanks, everyone. (laughs) Thanks, guys.